What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cool Down Time. My name is Marco. I'm your graphically outdated host of the show. And joining me, of course, is the technical mess of the show himself. Pablo is here. Pablo, uh, listen, man, in, in the spirit of celebrating the release of Spider-Man 2, I thought, oh, yeah. it'd, be, I thought it'd be dope to uh, do a little, little superhero icebreaker to get the show rolling this week, if that's all right with you. we got a couple of little rapid-fire questions I want to throw your way. Listeners, if you want to participate amongst yourselves, please feel free. Um, but I want to start with this question for you, Pablo, because you're more of a comic fan than me, but we still got some sensibilities as to who's who and what's what. I would love to know who, in your opinion, is the corniest superhero of them all. I mean, you can go easy and go like Robin mm. or something like that. Okay, okay. But I think that the corniest superhero of all time is probably Captain America. Oh, it's just, you're going to piss some people off with that one, bro. <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, the spirit in which that, that character was conceived was all fine and dandy within the time, you know. But now we're in a new uh, a new state here, and, and America isn't the America Ooh. people want to think it is. And so <laughs> kind of having this superhero and even in the, and even in the, in the movies, uh, he's always been the most annoying. Now, Chris Evans does a good, does a good job in terms of, say, not bad. of embodying what Captain America right. is. But as a whole, I think Captain America is just devastatingly corny and just, not devastatingly. I, he, he's just, he's a whole boring ass <laughs> character. Uh, I, mean, I yeah, there's nothing about him that that is particularly endearing to me in any just way, whack, shape, or form. Just pure whack. He's just whack, whack as fuck, you know. <laughs> uh, and Not maybe that has to do something with like that closely ties my feelings towards the world these days. But oh, you Captain know, Biden uh, in the uh, house is that what you're saying right now? Is that what's no, going on? I'm just saying more or less. You know, I <laughs> no, don't want. We've got some cheerleaders here for. Uh, we don't need none of that. Yeah, we, we, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. We don't need none of that. I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, my, my pick would be uh, The Flash. I think The Flash oh, he corny. is whack. Every time I see that man on screen, I just let out an audible, ugh. <laughs> Every time. And, you know, obviously the whole, you know, Ezra Miller controversy that didn't help matters at all either i already didn't like flash to begin with it just made it worse and worse and plus i think i think he's like kind of overpowered too so he's corny and could be yeah at the same time which gets on my nerves twice as much let me ask you the alternate question of that who is the coolest hero of them all just downright cool i think the coolest hero of them all and I'm going through comics and kind of like film. Mm. Uh, I think it's Iron Man. I think he's everything Batman wishes he was in terms of like All that right, don't, tech. Don't, bil- don't be, don't be, don't be that tech, man right now. You know, tech billionaire. I mean, he got an alcohol problem. Alcohol hey, problem. Not alcohol. Uh, <laughs> 
I just think I mean Robert Downey Jr. has that, sir. A L K H A L L. Um, I think that uh, Robert Downey Jr. has done a lot in the way of embodying the cool oh, of Iron did. Man. Mm-hmm. But I also think Iron Man in the comics was very different from anything uh, Stan Lee and those guys over at Marvel have ever done. It's a more a character rooted in more realism uh, in mm. terms of like the humanity of him. And then the fact that he's a super smart uh, build, tech billionaire and made himself a suit of, of iron which was made to survive and then later on used for good. I think that's just a super dope-ass arc for a character. Not a bad choice, man. Not a bad choice. I think for me, I I had, I was, it was a toss-up between Black Panther and Blade, but I went with, I went with Blade. I think Blade is just the, he epitomizes cool to me. He's an, he's an asshole. He's Mm -hmm. cool. He's stoic, but he's, He's also got style, and I just think that his whole makeup is is super dope from top to. I mean, the way that he looks, his the way he his whole backstory and everything, it's just fire, man. And obviously, I'm a big fan of the, the films that came out more so the first one. Um, I liked that one a lot when they started. How about they got a little whack towards the end, but yeah, I liked them. How about the TV show with Sticky Fingers? I never seen it. That shit was fire, bro. I never seen it. I don't know that why. That shit was fire. Sticky is that fingers like, was amazing. Is that easy to find now? I don't think so. I don't know because it was like a weird. If I'm not mistaken, it was it like MTV or something weird, like I a thought, weird channel. Yeah, that, I thought it was something yeah. strange like that, like MTV Two or something crazy. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. That's an interesting question because that would I would love to rewatch I that. Would, I thought that I, was yeah. very good. I would definitely check that out. I would definitely check that out. Now, I got one more question for you, Pablo. While you're looking okay. that up, I want you to ponder this one right here. Okay? I'm pondering. What superhero or villain is the most like you? <sighs> the supervillain or a superhero or villain that's or. most either like or. me? It doesn't have to be both. Just either or. That's a that's a difficult one. I think um not mean like just personality traits. It doesn't have to mean like, oh, I'm I'm an evil person, but just somebody's no, like No, yeah, I know, I know. You know. Uh probably someone like Bro, this honestly, this is a difficult question because I don't even know where I would start here because I'm trying to break down that information in my head and well, kind let me, of disseminate. Let me, you, you go first. You, you go first. I'll think about it. I'll think I, about it. I, I was debating this one too. Um because I was I was split between Lex Luthor and Batman. And I think okay. I skew more Batman because I think my personality can be different when I'm away from people and my social image is is very different as well. So I have I have different sides of myself like that. Um I'm definitely not rich. I ain't got that in common with the man, but um yeah, I think that his 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 being such a, a tactician and being, you know, analytical and strategic, and he always thinks a couple steps ahead um, and kind of makes up for his deficiencies because he doesn't have natural superpowers. I think he just kind of uses the resources that he has. I think that's kind of what I do. I try to do a lot with, with as little as possible, um, and I try to make it work. Uh, not to Batman levels of, of prowess, but, you know, I, I make do. Is, is what I'm saying. So I think I think I kind of connect with Batman a little bit more. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I got. 
Yeah, I think for me, I would probably go someone like Winter Soldier. Um, oh. Uh, just because, I mean, in that, like, in that way, I agree with you. Like, I am a certain way uh, in in public or, or in terms of how I'm looked at and then how I really am is different. They're different people. But really, for me, it's I, I'm kind of erratic. In my behavior, man said kind of. So, he said kind of. <laughs> uh, and so, like, where you come in as a tactician and you're like always planning, I'm the opposite. And I think that Winter Soldier always goes, mm. you know, he has this singular vision type of guy, and I and I'm very much the same myself. Uh, so when I something in my sights, I, I I'm relentless in my approach to it, but I'm also not planning anything around it so which is a <laughs> deficiency for sure but you know that that's kind of if i had to pick that that's kind of where i would uh i would kind of uh, end up that's not a bad choice though not a bad choice and i like mm-hmm. that i like the self the self-reflection in there too very very yeah. self-aware man pablo is yeah i am self-aware yeah but i think i think that 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 stops me from being an absolute psychopath is well, the the self-aware I mean, <laughs> by a matter of inches um yeah but nevertheless, uh, hopefully that would be a cool little icebreaker for some of you who are new to the show uh, and haven't checked us out before. That'd give you a little bit of a personality rundown of who, uh, at least who we think we are. I mean, y'all can yeah. be the judge when you listen to our uh, Man, They can't be the judge. They don't know me. Okay. See, he got the angry face and everything. That's what happens when you drink too much Merlot on the job. Uh, Malbec, but Malbec, whatever. whatever, man. All right. Uh, Well, nevertheless, we have a fantastic show lined up. Of course, we're going to be talking about Spider-Man shortly. But before we get into that, it's also important to do a little bit of housekeeping. Just to FYI for all of you out there, our year-end content is about to begin starting next week. If you can believe it or not, we're already getting towards the finish line of 2023. And with that, uh, as is customary for cooldown time, we always have end-of-year coverage to go over things like the best sleeper hits of, of, of the year. Uh, we give each console a letter grade uh, and we rate the highs and lows as well. We, of course, have Game of the Year content where we hand out um, almost 10 different awards uh, for various things, best visuals, best story, that kind of thing. And then, of course, we have our Game of the Year episode that happens where we uh, debate, deliberate, and rank the top 10 best games of the year, according to us. So uh, we, we definitely try to go all out for that kind of end of year content for uh, listeners like yourself. So hopefully if that sounds good to you, you'll subscribe to our show and stick with us uh, throughout the end of year content and check out what we have to say. Uh, but we still have an episode to take care of this week, Pablo. So let's go ahead and dive right in to the segment we call loadouts. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. All right, man. Marvel Spider-Man 2. It's here. It's out. It's here. We're playing it. And listen, man, a lot riding on this game. I mean, a big, big time release this year. Uh, highly anticipated from a studio that is very well respected, that being Insomniac Games. And uh, nevertheless, you know, we, we've been looking forward to playing this for a long time. Uh, and we have thoughts, man. We have thoughts. And, uh, you know, as, a, as an FYI, we're an unbiased podcast. We're going to give it to you straight. We're going to give you the good. We're going to give you the bad. We're going to give you the booty juice, man. Um, <laughs> that's just how we are. So uh, we actually have devised um, kind of what we're loosely calling an eight-point analysis of 
our uh, early impressions of Marvel Spider-Man 2. We're going to keep it spoiler-free for those of you who haven't um, progressed very far yet or haven't gotten a chance to get your hands on it yet uh, because we don't want to mess things up for you uh, in your own experience. So don't worry about that. You don't have to worry about scrubbing ahead uh, so you don't catch something you didn't want to. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll be careful about that. Now, Pablo, I want to start off with this conversation. I think it'd be good to kind of set the table. Right. Let's let's set the right. table with the people and let's give like our pre-release disposition towards the game and kind of a little bit of background of what we think about uh, the original Spider-Man and Miles Morales as well. Where are you at? I mean, leading up to the release of Spider-Man 2, I was excited. Always had a place on my most anticipated list throughout the year. Uh, Sony did put all their eggs into this basket. So I trust Sony with their first party narrative outputs. They're always pretty much excellent. Uh, and so... And the reason I was so excited was because of the simple fact that 2018 Spider-Man showed a lot of promise, and 2020 Miles Morales was, was for me, a step up, uh, and I loved that, even more so than the original. Mm. Um, I, and so, I, looking at, at, at the progression between 2018 Spider-Man and Miles Morales, I felt like Spider-Man 2, being a, 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 a direct sequel to that first game, was going to show me what was next for the series, what Insomniac had next, and, and and I was expecting a lot of improvements to the formula. That's kind of where I was kind of leading up to the release of the game. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, yeah, I mean, I, um, I really, really love the first two games, more so the first one. Okay. Um, I think that the first Spider-Man and the DLC, I don't know if you ever got to play in the DLC with the, the Black, Black Hat. Hat. Yeah, mm-hmm. fire. Um, so much so that the first Spider-Man was actually my game of the year in 2018. So it edged out Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, God of War. It was crazy, ho, but that game was crazy good. Yeah, it was good. Um, hey man. But yeah, I loved it. And then, uh, obviously Miles Morales comes out in 2020. Um, solid game. Uh, the length of the game didn't necessarily bother me so much, but yeah, I did no. think that the story beats were not as interesting to me as um, Peter Parker's story from the first game. But I think it was a good, um, I guess, a good appetizer or, or introduction to Miles Morales' character to get us set up for this game. So yeah. coming into this game, I guess, um, I had a lot of high expectations. I'm not going to lie. You know, the pedigree of Insomniac, obviously speaks for itself they've really don't miss uh all that much at all honestly so uh high expectations there and then just seeing the momentum they were building up with the first two titles um i really really came into this thinking this is going to be a big step forward for spider-man um and so that kind of leads us into um where i want to go next i want to do like just a quick opening declaration of how we're feeling about the game. We'll get into the nuances of the story, the quests, the combat, the visuals, the bugs and glitches, whatever. We'll get to yeah. all that in due time, but just a quick opening declaration, Pablo, of where you're at with this game so far. I think I feel like I've been saying this a lot uh, lately about games, and it's just the way I feel. I, I think that my kind of... Right now where I'm at, it's complicated. Um, okay. 
I could say to you, I, I will say this. I, I do not think that Spider-Man 2 is the evolution of the Insomniac Spider-Man formula. Mm. I think that in a lot of ways, it is a one-for-one copy in terms of its design, its gameplay, even its storytelling. It does have some new added features that we'll get into a little later. But overall, it does feel to me largely the same. I'm not a fan of the, it's more of the same critique. I think a lot of times it's a lazy critique. But I, I do think that it does... It does apply for Spider-Man 2 for better or for worse. You know, I think obviously talking about the first Spider-Man and Miles Morales, how those games are so good. Yes, we're playing more of those games. But being that I hold Insomniac to such high regard, I wanted Spider-Man 2 to take that and take that uh, formula and evolve it into something more. And unfortunately, I never feel that in this game or I haven't yet. I, I don't feel like it's taking any of those things, gameplay, story, into the next level. I feel it's it's a very, very, very safe sequel to the point where I think it hurts it. I think the fact that it is that safe, it does hurt the overall experience for me. And the and all of the stuff talking about the, the length of the game, none of that applies to this conversation at all. I think the length is the length. The vision of the, of the creator is the vision of the creator. Anybody who complains about that, I, I feel that silly. But everything else about the game, it's complicated because I am having fun yeah. with it. You know, yeah. I know that I was predictable story, very predictable. But I, 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 I am enjoying some of those aspects of the story. Some of those moments are working for me. But in terms of the overall picture, it's very complicated because I, I really I really was confident that this game was going to blow me away. And it just hasn't done that. It's 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 whelmed me, but it's not overwhelmed me in any specific way. Okay. That's fair. Um yeah, I mean, um I'm kinda with you in terms of if there's one word to describe Spider-Man 2, I think safe is the word. Um, and it's, I can go either way with that. Um, I can appreciate the game for being um, consistent in the things that it's doing well, but I could also kind of look at this game and say, man, I really thought that by now, some of the things that were deficient uh, in the first two games could have been addressed better. And so it's tough because I look at Spider-Man 1 and I look at, Miles Morales is is almost like the alley-oop pass. Right. And it feels like Spider-Man 2 instead of dunking that shit. <laughs> it just it settled for a layup. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it kind of feels like a layup line game to me in a way. Uh it it doesn't sure. it, it's not a game that's really trying to push the boundaries within its its means. It's not trying to be, you know, the next big leap in my opinion. Um, and when you think about it from a context of, okay, it's been five years since this series debuted. How far has this series come in five years? I don't think that Spider-Man 2 took it very far past its its origin. And um, so I think I've settled in a place where I like the game for what it is. I respect the game for what it is. I think it'll go down as one of my favorite games of the year. Uh, maybe not top, top, top tier, unless it makes huge strides towards the back half of the game. But yeah, I think right now I just look at it, look at the game as very conservative, um, a little bit stubborn in some cases and set in its ways. Um, but I still, but still fun overall, um, <clears throat> despite some of the, its deficiencies. <clears throat> so, Pablo, why don't we go ahead and deep dive a little bit further in this uh, eight-point analysis of ours. Uh, let's let's jump into the story and the writing. Now, obviously, again, we want to be spoiler conscious here for the people, mm -hmm. but um, how is the overall story beats, the writing, and just the overall vibe of the game hitting you so far? 
Yeah, um, it's probably where I'm the most negative at it, the story. Um, I think Insomniac gets a little exposed here with the quality of the writing. It's so painfully cringy and corny that you see right through their process. They are setting up an endearing and loving relationship among friends. Uh, <clears throat> but I think they lack the, the, the strength in their writing to do that naturally. So it comes across forcefully. And a lot of that, you know, this is a Marvel uh, game. There's a lot of story that they can't really mess with. So the predictability of the first game with Doc, uh, Doc Ock becoming, uh, Dr. Octavius becoming Doc Ock, everybody knew that was going to happen, and they still played it for a surprise. And so I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen, though I can pretty much guess here what the next step is, and I and I see that throughout. And I think, um, <clears throat> I think that that's a, for sorry guys, I, I got like something in my throat, but I, I'm trying, I'm working through it. I'm working through it. You sure it's not um, PlayStation hate in your throat? Because <laughs> we're all I'm trying to hold it that down. bashes this game in any kind of way is a troll. So it's just you got you got hate liquid in you. Is that what's going on? Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to hold it. I'm trying to hold it down. But uh, <laughs> no, I just think ultimately for me, I think that, you know, when you look at other games that have a lot of the same formulaic things over and over again, like Yakuza, where you explore the same kind of uh, map over and over again, there's always that underlining expectation where we know the story of Yakuza is going to be bonkers amazing. And so, unfortunately, the thing that that, that we would hope would kind of stand out from uh, uh, a game like this doesn't stand out or isn't standing out so far. And so it loses that part of it. And thus, for me, it feels like there's nothing special about Spider-Man 2 because we've already, the, the gameplay stuff, which we'll cover here in a second, none of that really wowing me. So I'm I'm kind of leaning on the narrative, something that Insomniac does well, but also PlayStation and their first party games are known for. And that's not something that I'm getting here. And it's uh, uh, unfortunately, it has to do a lot with the writing and kind of where the story is going. There are some moments between Miles and his mother, Pete and Mary Jane, Pete and Miles, Pete and Harry, little moments that you see that work really well. You know, you see the writing is done well enough to where like, okay, they, you, you feel like there is that, 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 that endearment in there. That relationship feels real yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah. But when you put it all together and it pushes the narrative forward, it doesn't really work for me or it isn't working for me in the ways that I want it to. Yeah, I feel that. Um, it's always tricky with any comic book game because it's always a retelling of a story that's been retold and retold and retold. So, um, you know, I understand the challenge that comes with writing the same story, but just in a slightly more interesting way or the insomniac way or whatever. Um, so I, I get the challenge. I, I think that the writing so far has been fine. Um, I don't find any of it to be offensively bad. Um, I think when you know what you're getting into as a Marvel title, you're going to get the quips, you're going to get the corny jokes. Um, it just comes with the territory, and I shrug it off at this point because um, I know what to expect. I'm too. I, this is my third game in. If I'm if I'm if I'm offended about quips at this point, there's something wrong with me, right? <laughs> so um, I think I've been. I, Strangely enough, this is probably one of the categories of the game that I have the least amount of issues with because I, of acknowledging the challenges that come with retelling that story. Um, I think that my only beef is kind of in the beginning of the game. Um, they do a lot of like 
exposition about how much time has passed since um, the events of Miles Morales um, while you're kind of battling in, in the opening uh, portions of the game and you're trying to piece together, oh, this sounds like this is happening a couple years removed because they're talking about altercations with other villains that we didn't see in the other games. So, so yeah. um, I, I think some of that could have been a little bit more clear. Um, because they're playing around with the, like the time jumps thing a little too much. Uh, I think in that sense, I would have appreciated a little bit more, uh, a little bit better of a flow coming off the heels of what happened in Spider-Man one and Miles Morales into this game. But that's, it's not enough to make me frustrated. It just kind of makes me have to play mental catch up in a way that I don't necessarily want to, uh, in the right. early portion of the game. But that's probably about all I would say is a negative for me right there. What frustrates me, though, is that they're the ones that still have to structure the story. That's and true. with Spider-Man 2018, they, they still try to play that doc uh, that, that Dr. Octavius reveal as a, as a shock when yeah. it wasn't. And I think they're doing the same thing with a certain character here. And it's not going to be surprising. And then I have to kind of ride along with, with Miles and Peter pretending that everything's going to be fine, mm-hmm. knowing damn well what the next, the, the shoe, what the shoe is going to drop, what, what exactly that shoe was the brand and all that shit. <laughs> so it, it's kind of like the, the immersion of that story is kind of taken away from me. Uh, maybe because I'm a comic fan, but even like, I think people who know just a little bit about the comics or have even seen the movies know exactly what to expect. And then you add to that the fact that we've already seen trailers about this game and we know that Peter does eventually take the, things, the, the little things, bit of that. The yeah. Thing, yeah. 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 The thing. So it's kind of like that could have been a surprise, but already spoiled. So it's like so many things that we already know and they're still playing him as, Oh, we got you. You didn't see this coming, <laughs> but it's like, we definitely did. And yeah. so like, I feel like if they know they have to play with a known quantity, that it would have been interesting for them to do something different, something yeah. interesting with it. I guess I, I, feel, not I feel that yeah. I, I do get that. Cause you know, it, it kind of throws me back to, we always reference final fantasy seven remake, but the way that they kind right. of retooled that story um, in kind of subverted expectations, I think was really dope. And I think comic book media in general really needs to take a page from that and, and start being a little bit more bold and audacious about making some changes. But I think the problem is that the comic book community is so difficult, for lack of a better term, that if you stray too far from the source material... There's going to be hell to pay. So again, yeah. I, I I empathize with them about not wanting to take too many risks because the blowback from that from the comic book community is nuclear. So they got to be yeah. they had to tread lightly on that one. So I, I'll take the hit in terms of the predictability because I get that they don't want to they they don't want that kind of problem um, for sure. Yeah. But and it's Spider Man. It's like the if anything, it's the biggest known. Uh, Super, uh, you know, superhero comic book character of all time. So, yeah, like they can't really divert too much. From you got to be careful. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, here's uh, where we kind of transition into some of the gameplay stuff, though, Pablo. And I want to start with uh, the main quests, and I want to talk about the side content too. So, uh, kind of walk me through your early impressions about both aspects of the game. Remember when I said that the game was uh, a lot of the aspects of the game were one for one? Well. That carries over to the entire structure of the quests and the side quests. You're still swinging through the city. You're still seeing random events happening. Uh, you engage with them or not. They've changed the way that some of the collectible stuff is what it does and how what it's named. But it's still 
largely a lot of a collectathon in terms of the side stuff. Um, the cool thing about the the story aspect of it is that Miles and Peter both have their own unique side stories and their own and and each of them push the story forward depending on where you are in the story. And so it's really cool to switch between those characters and doing a side mission for Miles and doing a side mission for Peter. You know, you see the the dichotomy between those two characters while they're both struggling. Uh, as Peter Parker and Miles Morales and Spider-Man, they are also very different people with very different ambitions and very different things. And you see that play out through the side quests, which I think is they're done really nicely. You know, I just helped my school set up for a recruitment video. Uh, I, I, I rescued something, blah, blah, blah. And I got this really cool outfit that only would work for Miles Morales and then you know, Peter stuff also has his own little things going on on the side. So I really like that the the, the side stuff really taps into the cultural and, 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 and the minority parts of, of, of Miles Morales. And then the whole Spider-Man with Peter Parker is a more classic Spider-Man experience at that. So I like those two things coming together, basically taking the stuff from Miles Morales and Spider-Man 2018 and putting him into one. Uh, as for the Spain story, you know, and the quest setup. I think that those missions can get a little repetitive in terms of what you have to do, but I think overall they're different enough to where they're interesting uh, and, and they're still fun to play. It's, I haven't gotten to a main side mission or a main quest and rolled my eyes like, oh, mm. this again. It's still fresh enough to where it feels fun to play. Yeah, um, no, that, that those are great observations. Um, I actually think the main quests are pretty are pretty strong. Um, I mm -hmm. like the way that they feel. Um, they they feel pretty dynamic. Um, they have a lot of good variety to them. Uh, good pace, good flow, um, and they they transition in and out of the story beats really nicely as well. Um, I will say I didn't I didn't enjoy the opening set piece for lack of a better oh, to go spoiler same. free. Um, I, I, and I'm in the minority there and that's all right, but I just thought it was a little too much like, uh, Final Fantasy 16's Titan boss fight where it was very <sighs> button prompts everywhere, QTEs and a lot of things just didn't feel very good. And I felt like it was just kind of hollow and took away too much control. Um, yeah. and I think the whole sand thing got a little irritating, uh, visually, which we'll talk about later. I just didn't find they it said, very compelling uh, at all. Yeah, they said hold on to your hats for the first hour. I wanted to throw my hat at the TV. You I wasn't wearing no damn hat, first of all. <laughs> I, <wa> <laughs> I just wasn't very. Uh, I was let down by that opening. I thought it was kind of. I thought it was. I thought it was actually pretty lame. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I think we're probably in the minority there, but I think if you're if you're someone who loves bombast. Um, it's going to do a lot for you. It didn't do much for me personally, but besides that, I think that the quest structure is fine. I think my biggest gripe with the game is the, the stuff that's scattered across the map, basically all the collectathon stuff, the little side things you do that's peppered everywhere. Um, I find a lot of that to be one of the biggest areas where I was most disappointed in this game. Um, because that's where I think Insomniac had the most room to grow. Um, I just think that they're bad with side content overall. I think they don't know how to put genuinely interesting things on the map to go and do. Um, and some people are going to disagree with that. Oh, I have no problem with doing these things. Um, and it's all subjective. But I think, um, to me, there's a lack of creativity there. Um, I, I, was, I was looking for things that had a little bit more um, depth to them. Um, and it just didn't deliver. 
you know, like the photography stuff to me just isn't particularly interesting. Uh, I don't know why they lean into that so much in this game. Uh, it just doesn't feel good to stop and play Spider-Man Snap like that. Uh, but nevertheless, um, that stuff I think really let me down the most because that's what five years of learned lessons uh, should teach you how to do better. And I think that that's where the cruise control feeling comes in with this game for me, is that a lot of those types of deficiencies just kind of feel untouched. I mean, it's not that they didn't try. I mean, I would say at best, like, I find the side content like 10% more interesting than the previous games, but it's not by a wide margin of, of a difference it's like just, I hoped, you know? It's the thing that I go back to, the one-for-one one thing where they just took everything that was in that game and made some marginal improvements and then just did it again, you know? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I think also it's annoying because they visually are there. Like, when you're swinging through the city... Each of those point, points where you do pickups or photo uh, things or or anybody side content, any collectathon thing, you see it visually on the map. Yeah. And it's a little annoying because like, ugh, you know, <laughs> it's kind of calling to you. Come and get me. Come and grab me. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes it works well. Like I like I like when the the little like the friend app notification about a robbery takes place. And I okay if it's on my way to something, I'll go I'll go hit it up and you know I'll clean house. Mm. I do like when. And this will kind of lead into combat and traversal, which we can talk about now. I like when um, you run into the other Spider-Man uh, while yeah, you're yeah. fighting. I think that kind of thing is dope. Um, I was telling a good friend of the show, Will, uh, we're both big Resident Evil fans. We and I told him, like, Resident Evil 2 is such a missed opportunity because Claire and Leon are both in the same place <laughs> in the police department, and you never see each other. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I always thought that was a missed opportunity. So I, I like the fact that they do that, where you see, like, you just be swinging around and, well, there's Miles, you know, or something like that happens where you fight and then you guys can high five. Um, I think that's dope. I like that kind of thing a lot. But um, where are you at, though, with combat and, and the traversal of the game um better or worse same where you at yeah i think it's a little bit more streamlined they've attached some moves to the l1 and the r1 button where it opens up a mini menu of your face buttons and they're all mapped to a certain skill or a certain move set um you know i know you mentioned final fantasy 16 earlier in terms of like uh what was it for for the uh the boss fight with titan the boss the, fight stuff yeah, yeah. I kind of feel the same way when it comes to combat. Um, a lot of my time with Final Fantasy 16 was just me waiting for the cooldown of my special move to 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 happen, and then uh, and then I can just use that special move. I find myself a lot of times in Spider-Man 2 doing the same thing, looking at my cooldown, seeing when that's ready to go, hitting L1 and then hitting Square Triangle uh, X Circle whatever to kind of execute that skill and. It, it, it's made the, the, the fighting for me less dynamic, though I think it looks cool, and I think a big part of the game is, a big part of being Spider-Man is looking cool, doing shit, and I think that, 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 that does that in spades. However, I do feel like it just takes a little bit, it adds a little bit to the game, but also takes a little bit to mm. the, uh, takes a little bit away from the game, because I'm a type of person that, I like the combat of this game just fine, even from the first one, but it's not my absolute favorite, so if I can get through enemies as fast as I possibly can, and if it's using the L1 the R1 options I'm gonna go ahead and do that so for me I just feel like like combat is it took a step forward by simultaneously taking two steps back for me in that sense but
but um, it's it's fine. It, it's 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 okay. Uh, and uh, some of those abilities are kind of dope to look at in terms of how they happen and how they look. So, uh, and I do like the difference between Peter Parker and and Miles Morales. How they have two different uh, skill sets and different abilities, and and it does feel different for the most part playing those characters when you use those skills. So th- that does lend to that a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think for me on the combat side, um, I agree that uh, the the L one and R one special moves feel like a bit much. Like it's it it's kind of like overkill with combat options at, at a certain point, where the game, at least to me, is never difficult enough to to warrant not only doing the regular combat moves, which you get a lot of things you can do in that as it is but then also eight other moves that you can trigger at the same time um right i think a lot of it is to to me it feels like those moves are intended to make the game look more cinematic than they are to make the gameplay practical if that makes sense like it i think this game is very obsessed with looking cool in every moment possible um special moves uh, and, and special attacks all have that cinematic flair to them and i think at first glance you can love it for that but then it just sort of feels like overload of that at times where i almost uh, try to avoid using those special l1 and r1 moves because i just like the pure combat i just want pure visceral combat and i don't always need to see this cool slow-mo move happening uh every three or four seconds i don't need that visual stimuli to feel good about the gameplay but um i get why for maybe a casual fan that stuff is really awesome uh or for a spider-man fan that that you know is really obsessed about that that, seeing that kind of stuff happen on screen is really cool uh because it's done very well it's just i don't need that much um but i i I guess i wouldn't I, i wouldn't necessarily ding the game for that um, I mean, why not have more options there? It just feels a little bit like, eh, I don't know if we needed all of this per se, um, but I can go either way with that. I think my my thoughts really, as far as negatives go, I think the skill tree system is a little, oh, it's a little a much. Lot. It's a little much. Yeah. yeah. Um, it could be a little bit of fatigue from so many skill tree systems across so many games now, but um, I don't necessarily, from what I've looked at, I don't find too many things on the skill tree super interesting. Some stuff looks cool, well, like some certain moves and stuff like that, but I think it might be a little excessive at this point. Well, it is a lot because you have your Miles skill tree, your Peter skill tree, and then you have a shared skill tree, and it's like, oh man, it's yeah, it it, it becomes a little much. Uh, I, I agree with that. I think that, and then obviously there's the other skill, the 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 gadget skill tree, and, and all that stuff. That's so kind of like, oh man, so many things that you're juggling, and honestly. It's a visually kind of like um, it's messy, but there's not a lot of stuff on there that changes the way I play too nah, much. Yeah, you know? that's kind of my point. Like if it moves the needle a lot, then I would go, okay, I get why we have three skill yeah. trees. But I, I kind of feel like I'm in analysis paralysis with my skill points now because I'm like, do I get something for both of them? Do I get something for who am I going to yeah. play as more, Miles or Peter? I don't, I don't even and know then, that yet, so it's hard, you know. And then some of the skills, the skill sets for both almost feel like things that you should already be able to do. That's true, too. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, these feel like foregone conclusions to me, but okay. Yeah, um, like swinging and then t- changing direction by person to cir- circle button to left or right. Yeah. Well, he'll, he'll zip to the left or right. Was kind of like, he should already do that. <laughs> if he's like, been Spider-Man this long and he didn't think to do that yet. 
Yeah. That's crazy, oh. Uh, uh, but uh, speaking of that, I will say that uh, the traversal of the game, swinging through the city, yeah, yeah. is always a standout. Yeah. I think it's it, it's the most fun I've had in an open world game in terms of traversing uh, this year. It's just really fun. Uh, it's some of the most fun I've had, period. I've, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I'm the wingsuit... I'm kind of a fan of the wingsuit. I think it's 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 a fun little thing to use. I do dislike the 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 wind system that it has, where you it gamifies that shit, where you have to kind of fly through these rings. Don't like that. Not a fan of that. Uh, but I like I like the I like the, the wingsuit in terms of like you know going through and then probably being in an area where there's not a lot of places to kind of swing through and then just popping the swing su- the wingsuit out and, and kind of flying around through there. I, I like it. Sometimes I, I put a a a, a um a, a gear on that look has a cape on it so I'm like literally flying mm. uh, so little stuff like that I like, I like the way that looks but it, it, traversal is top notch uh, as long as you're moving quickly throughout the game the game also looks beautiful as well in that aspect so I I, I really enjoy it my only thing a little bit with the combat uh, just to go back to that real quick yeah, yeah. one thing I want to mention yeah. is uh, combat in confined spaces doesn't feel amazing uh mm. and traversing through confined spaces doesn't feel amazing this game was obviously built for speed uh so whenever you slow down everything just feels a little off the way he animates when he walks certain things that i should be able to get through like big holes in the wall that i should just easily be able to jump through or crawl through i can't because there's a cinematic a small cinematic attached to it and so i have to kind of zip to it it's little annoyances like that feel like okay this game is not built for the indoors uh, and so, and you, and now it's okay. It, it shouldn't be a big deal because obviously this is Spider-Man open world game, but the game does put you indoors a lot more than you would think. Mm. Uh, and so there's always those options. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at here with it. Yeah. Um, that's fair. That's fair observations. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I don't have too many problems with indoor environments per se, but maybe I haven't seen some things that you have yet. I think you're. Mm. I think you're further along than me right now. Yeah, probably, but I think yeah. uh, in terms of traversal, uh, I agree. It's still really, really good to swing around, man. It feels good all the time. I think the wingsuit, though, I don't use it a lot. Um, I think it's fine, but to me, um, I just get more gratification out of swinging uh, like normal. Um, but I will say um, the wingsuit gamification, as you call it, I think it is kind of annoying to me that they that they did that. Um, and I just don't, I think it doesn't necessarily feel super good either. Um, I feel like it's almost too fast in certain instances where, yeah, it's a little wonky. I don't have enough control the way that I do with, uh, usual web slinging traversal so i i tend to lean towards the the og way of doing it and and i i seem to be doing fine um i, I think just, that's because the, i think a lot of the wings stuff is attached to upgrades well yeah i was gonna say i think i think it might be like maybe i haven't seen everything that they have to offer with like wingsuit features yet so maybe uh, maybe it'll feel more viable or maybe we'll see more missions that use it um a little bit yeah. more prevalent uh, and I'll then I'll get why it's there, but for now it just seems like a nice to have, but not like a like a real game changer for me. Um, Pablo, let's transition into our next point of analysis here, which is the presentation, uh, visuals and sound, or wherever you want to go from here. Just kind of tell me how this game looks and sounds to you at this point. Yeah, I mean, uh, visually, I think the game is 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 okay. Um, I. I don't think that this game is like a standout next gen title. I know a lot of people have have 
you know, shown off a lot of their uh, screenshots, and I, I think a lot of that stuff does look nice, and, and the game can look nice. Uh, lighting does wonders for, for games like this, but I think ultimately when you look at this being a PS5-only game, visually the game isn't a stunner. Not for me, anyway. I I, I commend it for, like, just the, 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 just the frame rate being pretty st- sturdy, while swinging through the city at 100 miles per hour, I think that stuff is impressive. But you know, anytime you, you slow down for more than a crawl, uh, it, it looks like uh, the game looks a little bit muddy at times. I think the water effects are fantastic, and like I said, the lighting is is fucking fire. Yeah. I mean, the lighting it really can very solid. Can make yeah. the yeah very solid. So, but I, I visually, I just I, I do think that the game itself it isn't amazing uh but it isn't bad by any stretch of the imagination i i I, i'd be i'm guess i'm confused why this game doesn't also exist on a ps4 i think they you know the way they talked it up is like this game is a ps5 only game and it's going to take all the advantages of the ps5 and it does you know a lot of a lot of shit has been done made about uh about the fast travel and there's some things that that happen in the game that that really uh load the the map really quickly uh i won't spoil what that is i think that's really cool Mm -hmm. moments there but um, I think you know they probably could have used some loading screens and made this a PS4 game, and nobody would have batted an eye in terms of visual standout because I don't think it loses anything from that. But you know, sound wise, I think the game has great sound. Uh, I, I like the ambiance of the city. I think uh, they do a really good job with that. The, there's so much more cars and, and people, and, and you hear that uh, throughout the city, and I think that's it's a really super nice touch, especially when you're going really low into the city, yeah, swinging. You get the hustle and, the and cars, bustle sound, yeah, yeah, yeah and dope. the cars honking, and then just kind of like that that sound. Of, of you passing a mm-hmm. car at at that fast all that stuff is done to an expert level and they've always done a good job and there's no there's no, no excuse here they they kill that shit throughout and I, and I like that quite a bit and and the music is is, is dope as well yeah. I, I like the music uh there's like a <clears throat> no spoilers but it's like a jazz portion mission that you do and the music there is really dope mm-hmm. and, and then all of it the ambiance all that stuff is very dope i i think that they nail that pretty pretty good uh, you know but just i i expect did a little more in, in the graphical visual graphical department which i don't get here yeah no that's totally fair um i think the game looks good um i i don't know if i can go to great because i think the character models and the faces specifically they need jesus man they do <laughs> uh some of them i mean some characters look phenomenal I think Miles Morales' face looks great, looks really detailed, the new hairstyle is cool. And then you have the weird alien eye color and butterface syndrome going on with the Harrys of the world, the MJs, the Gankies of the world. Um, there's a real strange split in quality that I think is more noticeable now than it even was in the previous games, to the point where I think certain characters look downright better in the other games. Um, And I didn't expect to feel that way, but um, that's been a big problem for me just on a visual level. Uh, And then I think Peter Parker's face is another sticking point for me. Uh, For those of you that recall, the original Spider-Man release on PS4 had a totally different uh, character model for Peter Parker. Um, And that character... I think looks vastly superior than the new Peter Parker face um, because the new face is 
man, it's just, it, it's almost expressionless at times. It's like this half stoic, half shit eating grin kind of expression that, um, doesn't look very good in cutscenes. It doesn't sync up with the excellent voice acting of Peter Parker at all, where Peter Parker sounds like he's so charismatic. And then you look at Peter Parker's face and it doesn't like the eye, his eyebrows don't move. His mouth doesn't really make any kind of, you know, uh, moves as well. It just seems very flat looking um, when you watch him in cinematics. And it just stands out like a sore thumb for me at this point. Um, and I'm really disappointed in that because for them to change the face, it to begin with, that was weird to me. And then to do that I, I, and then go a step backwards is even weirder to me. I think they tried to make it look as much as Tom Holland without being Tom Holland. I yeah. think that was probably what they were trying to do. I get it, but it just seems like... It, and, and I know it's bad because when you compare... Like, I've gone on YouTube and I've compared. Like, here's what the old Peter Parker looked like in like excruciating cutscenes versus here's what the new Peter Parker looked like. I mean... That the look of anguish on the old Peter Parker's face, and he looks so sad and crushed during the final moments of, of the first game. And then you see the new version, and it looks like he's kind of like pissed off for even being there. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> why, why am I here kind of face? So I, I think it's safe to say at this point, I think that was a big, big mistake uh, on the part of Insomniac that I don't hear enough people talking about, but I just think he looks, he looks bizarrely deadpan in almost every cutscene I see him in. Um, I almost think that that choice wasn't made by them, almost like a Marvel thing. Oh, yeah. Because it had to be. It doesn't make no sense. Why would you do that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, man, I think that was a huge mess up on their part. But, you know, that aside, I, he, he's not the only face in the crowd that's a problem, but obviously he's one of the main characters. So it kind of, kind of is a big deal. Uh, sound wise, I think the 3D audio is great. Uh, to your point, the examples of swinging through the city and hearing that hustle and bustle is so dope. Uh, the soundtrack is solid as well. I really like all that. Um, no real complaints, honestly, about anything sound related. I think they do a great job with their sound design team. Uh, and it really comes through in a very believable and, and entertaining way uh, as well. Uh, but not all. I like the. Oh, go ahead. Go I ahead. like that sound it makes when you, you punch the last bad guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The That's. Doom. Yeah, like this. It's just it's so dope. It's like, okay, now I know I finished. I this want guy that off. sound when I clock out. I want that <laughs> <laughs> when I leave work. I want that doom part. I want slow mo as well. You want slow mo? Um, I know. All right, man. Well, not everything has been peachy about this game's launch, and of course, one of the most hotly contested parts of this game, uh, my friend, has been the uh, the polish of the game, or in maybe in this case, a lack thereof. Uh, we've heard various reports from a lot of people. Uh, that there's been a lot of bugs, glitches, hard crashes to the console, uh, that kind of thing going on. So I'd love to hear more about your personal experience with this and what you've maybe run into and where you think the technical state of the game is at right now. I mean, look, I don't think that this game is a mess technically. Like It's not like this unpolished turd, but it is Insomniac's probably their worst technically done game because there's just way too many instances of me kind of in the game kind of having uh quest breaking bugs where i'm supposed to press a button and 
the prompt doesn't show up. It happened it happened three times. And yesterday, the one time that it happened to me, I had to reload three different times in order to get that prompt to finally come up, which is is no good. I know we set, talked about sound, but another thing that I, I had is sometimes the sound was uh, was dipping in and out. Oh, really? I had a portion where I had to restart because Mary, uh, uh, Mary J, uh, Mary Jane, <laughs> Mary J Blige and Jay-Z Uh-oh. were talking. No, um, Mary, uh, Mary Jane and Peter were talking, but the audio never populated. And because the audio never populated, I was unable to move from on from that scene. And so I literally had to restart that mm. portion again. And then there, there was a part where I was, did you do the theme park yet? Uh, no, no, not, not okay. yet. No. So there's a part of the theme park where you're riding a ride and the sound for me just completely cuts out oh. like the roller coaster sound and it's like uh and it's like just dead silence just people going woo 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 it's like uh okay <laughs> little things like that it on its own are not killer but when they keep happening you know the the whole the whole saying uh, the death by a thousand cuts where they keep happening over and over is a re- it's very 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 annoying um you know the game does maintain a very steady frame rate, but unfortunately, uh, just too many of those little things happen that really become an annoyance, have become an annoyance in a way that I've never really experienced with an Insomniac game, surely never experienced it with Spider-Man 2018, nor Miles Morales. Um, it, it really has me call into question what the fuck was happening in the last five years. I know that we're also making Ratchet and Clank, and I know there was a lot of stuff going on with Miles Morales, but... Man, it just feels like it almost feels like maybe PlayStation needed this out this year, and maybe this could have used a couple of more months of, of polishing. But overall, yeah, it's a little messy. It's not the end of the world. It's not like a, a, a complete, you know, it's not a complete shit show. But it is, it is annoying, and and, and it's happening more often than not. Uh, and it did take a little while for me to get there because I was like, oh, I'm fine. I'm not having any issues, and then. They started coming and they came. They kept on coming. They oh. came so much. Oh, oh yeah, let's go. No, no we're um. not going. We're not going. You're, we're staying here. You go. You go over there and do that. Um, yeah, no. Um, I haven't run into a lot of like deal breaking issues so far. I there's definitely quirks. That's that's clear. And I agree with you. I feel like this game is probably two months premature. And coming out, yeah, uh, it needed a little bit more time in in, in the crock pot, as it were. But um, I think that overall, though, um, it's 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 going to get patched. Uh, if there's one thing I trust about Insomniac, is that they're on top sure. of things with fixes. And I think they probably knew this game was coming out in a state that is not necessarily ideal. Um, so I I don't think I mean. Shit, I would say in the next couple of days we'll probably start seeing some patch updates come out, fix a lot of these issues, and get this, uh, the game more stable again. Um, because normally when a game comes out, they already kind of know what the first patch needs to be uh, to right the ship. So I think that'll be the case here too. 
I think in terms of resolution and frame rate and overall performance, really, really well done stuff. I love the amount of options they give us for fidelity and performance mode, VRR. Um, oh, man. That kind of stuff is and, a game changer right there, man. And thank you for to, to Insomniac for not compromising their vision on, on ray tracing. At because all. Because every mode has it. And so yeah. I'm, I'm happy because I know in, in Miles Morales, I was kind of upset that I had to pick performance without ray tracing at all. And I was like, oh, man, I wish I had a little bit more of that. But, you know. Then they patched in the performance RT and then you know, we kind of got the best that of both worlds. Great. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with the technical side of things. So that kind of brings us yeah. to anything else you want to cover before we get to final yeah, thoughts? Just, or? No, I don't want because I mean, at this point, it's redundant. But just like, you know, I know there are features like apartment buildings where you go through the windows, you see like characters, NPCs mm-hmm. doing their thing. I had one instance where every NPC was the same and doing the same thing at the same damn time. They were just literally crouching, standing up, moving around. All of you, you just go back, and they're all doing the same thing. The flash dance uh, about to little, happen or something? Yeah, <laughs> like that. Um, I saw some clipping with cars, little things like that. Oh, Again, yeah. yeah. It's just stuff like that that I, I kind of want to – the reason I wanted to say that was because, weirdly enough, a lot of people who are reviewing the game aren't talking about this. And it's yeah. like kind of surprising because it's like this isn't a non-issue. It's it's a thing. Yeah, some people were thinking like maybe the pre-patched version, pre-day one patch version was more stable than the patch version, and that's Could why be. people didn't say anything. I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, reviews are kind of getting a little hard to trust these days, so it can probably go either way, to be honest with you. But um, maybe maybe both things are true. Who knows? Uh, yeah. It's hard to really pinpoint that, but I, I get where you're coming real, from. Real quick question. Um, yeah. And and I, I hate to do this because it's a little bit kind of like it's unfair, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Um, based on everything you've played so far, uh, Metacritic and Open Critic have this game at a 91, 92, 91 on Open Critic, right? 91. Now. Yeah. Do Do you think that this game is deserving of that 91? Uh, I mean, if we're talking about for now, with where I'm at in the game, um, you know, I'm reserving judgment in full, of course, but. Right. Uh, no, I don't think it's. I think that's probably too high for me personally. But it's 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 tricky, right? Because if I'm a hardcore Spider-Man guy, if I'm that person, and I get this game, and it's it's still delivering, you know, it's still yeah, good. It is. I I could see you know, ninety one being about right to most people, but I think to me it's more of a if I had to give like a, a arbitrary number for myself. It's more of an eighty-five kind of game to me, yeah, than anything. But you know, I, I think it's a quintessential eighty-five. I've never seen such an eighty-five game in my whole life. It's <laughs> it's the most eighty-five a game has ever been, honestly. And that's a really good score. Man, but it's well, like, why did we talk all this time? We could have just said Spider-Man Two eighty-five ass game. <laughs> yeah, uh, but no. Let's wrap it up, Pablo. With some final thoughts about the game, and then we'll talk a little bit about the future of Insomniac. But a- any final parting shots about just kind of where you're at now and what you hope uh, for the rest of your playthrough? Yeah, I, I, I know I sound a little negative on the game here, but mm-hmm. I, I, I don't dislike Spider-Man Two. I think it's a really fun game. I, I think it really delivers on what it sets out to do. I, I know the story isn't necessarily groundbreaking but it's told in, in ways that it is 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 comparable it's it's commendable there 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 really nice moments that happen I, I think there's some really I don't think you've done a lot of them yet Marco but there's some really other set pieces that happen in this game that are honestly truly awesome 
Mm. Like absolutely awesome. Okay. And so the, the those things do ha- come up and and they really stand out and deliver uh, uh in the ways that I thought this game was going to originally deliver. So there's a lot of stuff about it that I like. I, I think that the one u- line I'll use when it comes to everything and it's like a deadline is I'm not mad at you Spider-Man 2. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> I, I I just too many things about the game that disappoint me overall. However, I'm having a blast. I'm going to finish it, and it's probably going to end up in my top 10 of the year. Uh, so, you know, it's just Insomniac, high regard. I, 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 I love them. I think they're one of the best studios doing it right now, and I expected just a little bit more uh, out of them in, in that sense. But it is what it is. They, they, they still delivered a great game. Uh, they're still doing shit that other other AAA studios wish that they were doing. So That's true, yeah. I, I've always said, like, Insomniac on their worst day, is another studio's best day. That's um, right. Yeah, I mean, this is still a top 10 game for me of the year. I think it's still trending that way. Um, you know, right now, I would say it's probably more towards the bottom end because of, I think, some of that complacency that I have that I called out uh, earlier. But, you know, my hope moving forward through the rest of this playthrough is that they take some risks, try some new things mm-hmm. out, um, you know, kind of uh, deviate from the beaten path a little bit. Um, I don't know if that's really going to happen. That's the hope. Uh, and we'll just kind of see where things land from there. I think as time goes on, the, the kinks will get worked out with all the issues with bugs and crashes and whatnot. Uh, so I'm not too concerned there. I just think, you know, for the, the future of the series, I think to me is a little bit hazy now because uh, as far as where I'm at at this point in the game, like I said earlier, it feels a little bit like a layup instead of an alley-oop. Right. And I, I, I just kind of hope for something a little bit bolder than this. Uh, there's nothing wrong with a game that iterates within itself. Um, it doesn't Never. have to revolutionize things just for the sake of it. But at the same time, I think, again, those deficiencies that we called out throughout this um, that could have been addressed um, just kind of haven't been. And I think to me, that still kind of brings the game down a little bit. Uh, but hey, never know where it'll land. Maybe it'll just it'll it'll leave Earth. In the next couple hours. And, it could. It know. 100% could. Yeah. So we'll just have to see. But, you know, Pablo, with all the Spider-Man 2 hoopla going on, uh, the future of Insomniac Games is something that you and I have both been very curious about, uh, especially with, you know, recent uh, headlines where we heard the narrative director of the game saying that a Venom spinoff is possible if, if you know, they listen to the fans and the fans kind of want that kind of thing in, in a Miles Morales kind of way. Um, what do you think the future of Insomniac is? And, and, you know, uh, are they a prisoner of their own success with the Marvel uh, universe? Well, on a personal level, uh, I, God, I hope they don't do a, a, a Venom spinoff. I think I dislike Venom whole, wholeheartedly. I don't like that character at all. No. I think it's lame. I don't think they ever have been able to pull it off in Spider-Man 3 or in the Spider-Man films. It's just not a very good character for me. I don't, I don't like him. And so I hope I don't have to play as him. Uh, uh, that would be terrible for me. But uh, also, it is a little sucks. It's a little sad because uh, it looks like yeah, Marco. To answer the question, I think they are kind of a prisoner of their own success. I, I think they are now the Marvel studio, and that is not a good look. I, I honestly think that uh, they're one of the they're one of Sony's most talented studios, and now we got to sit here and now just eat Marvel games from them because they got Wolverine coming next and if they do a spinoff of this, their next few years are just going to be Marvel or IP and that sucks because I, I always like to see talented studios do new things and I don't think Insomniac's going to get the opportunity to do that. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from. I'm, I guess I'm not as negative on that, um, which is strange coming from me because I'm not a big comic book guy. So you would think I would really want them to do more original stuff. But I think the realistic part of my brain is like, listen, if we're the premier Marvel studio in all of gaming, then that's not something we're going to walk away from. We're going to we're going to embrace that. We're going to run with that. Uh, you know, Sony owns Spider-Man. We got to use it. So it might as well be with a great studio like Insomniac to, to, you know, get the most juice out of that franchise as possible. Um, You know, as far as the creative uh, aspect of it goes, I think the reality of the situation is that, um, you know, new IPs are just not safe. Um, There's a lot of risk that comes with investing a budget into uh, those types of games. And when you already are basically printing money with spider-man and potentially wolverine um that's going to be hard to walk away from uh no matter what you say so i mean i get it and mm-hmm. i i wish there'd be more opportunities for them to, to, to test new things to bring back old franchises but the reality of the situation is it's just not it's not that's not doable in the climate they're in right now with the state of sony uh needing to have you know surefire hits so the more um the more the more they can depend on those those easy wins, like a good Spider-Man game, the better it bodes for both Insomniac and and PlayStation as a whole. So I see it kind of staying the same. And I don't mind if it's a Venom spinoff. I don't know if I'd get it per se, maybe on sale or something. But, um, you know, listen, if if I guess that's the one, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, I can kind of roll with. Because, again, you why not have a great Marvel studio in your company? I think that's a... That kind of is a good look, in my opinion. So, but um, nevertheless, um, look, man, that's going to do it for our Spider-Man coverage this week. Uh, you know, we'll give some updates in the you know next week or two to let you guys know how we're feeling about things after we've rolled credits and whatnot. But um, in the meantime, that's going to do it for our uh, little eight-point analysis breakdown. But we believe it or not, we do have other things that we've been playing besides just Spider-Man, Pablo. So let me go ahead and uh, kick it back to you. Uh, talk about the next game that you've been playing. Well, I mean, uh, Spider-Man wasn't the only big game that launched on the 20th. Mm-hmm. It was also Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Uh, obviously, the next 2D Mario platformer. Uh, from the moment it was announced, I was ready for this. I mean, it was rumored for a really long yeah, time. Yeah, you were hyped as hell about this one. <clears throat> I was like, yeah. you want drugs? But, yeah, man, I... I I'm, I love 3D Mario. It's my favorite kind of Mario. But the 2D Mario games have a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. And they've been kind of doing the same thing over and over with the new Super Mario Bros. formula that hasn't really been working that great. Uh, but I have my faith in Nintendo that they were going to deliver the next 2D Mario game that was going to be special. Uh, and what I saw from that presentation kind of assured me that exactly what was, what they were going to deliver. Uh, so the game does, did finally come out, got my hands on it. Mario Wonder does accomplish everything it pretty much sets out to do. I, I think the promise of it being different and game-changing, I think it absolutely nails that. I think it takes that 2D formula that we all known and loved and really brings it to the future. It does what it's doing for 2D platformers, what Odyssey did for 3D platformers for Mario, because I think it it, it really enhances and enriches the way that you look at the 2D Mario game and how you play it. I, I think obviously all of us has all of us know exactly what what wonder is in terms of what the new tactic, what the new kind of. Um, uh, gameplay aspects are so i'll kind of just tell you real briefly uh it's basically 
a, a traditional 2D Mario game with some 3D aspects, characters, great animation, and there's this thing called the Wonder Flower that when you take it, it completely changes the level design. I mean, when I mean it completely changes, I mean, you could be walking along this thing, you take that Wonder Flower, and then the actual ground you stand on starts to roll, and you start to have to balance yourself on it, or there's a stampede of rhinos that are coming out of nowhere. Like, like a lot of things like that that completely change uh, the gameplay, and I think that that aspect alone, obviously, many expected to be like the game changer, and it very much is. It's not just a gimmick; it really is that thing that really launches the 2D Mario into the stratosphere in terms of like really respecting this as a mainline Mario experience. Obviously, the story. What do you expect from these games? You know, Mario and all his friends go into this new kingdom to meet the fr- the, 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 a new friend, a prince, whatever his pants is, names is, and y'all there to do drugs. There's no if, way, uh, <laughs> buts about it. That Bowser shows up, does way too much DMT mushrooms, and the whole thing is you pretty much having to, to, to grab Bowser and be like, bro, chill, bro. You did too much. Damn, the, the fame got to their heads after that movie came out. Shit. Ah, bro, they were just celebrating. They were Aaron Rodgers. They were Aaron Rodgers <laughs> it up uh, uh, out here. Um, so basically, you have to take the kingdom back from Bowser, who's who's at that point taken over the kingdom, and so. Uh, he spread out these flowers everywhere, and so basically all you're doing is beating each of these levels. And I, I, I all each and individual, all these levels on their own are awesome. I think that they're 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 they gone painstaking uh kind of like development to have the 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 level at a normal rate and then adding the the wonder flower to it. I think that one level being two different things is so dope i i I love that about it um and also the gameplay i think that it's the bread and butter of these games i think that it's precise i think that it's some of the best platforming we've seen in a long time i think that the uh the amazing platform feels right at home within the 2d mario game i think if you played a 2d mario game all going back all the way to super mario on the on the snes i think you know exactly what you're going to get into here it does exactly what you want it to do with super cool moves like the butt stomp is back all that shit is there for you to to enjoy um and you know you can play it at a very basic level or you can kind of use all these things all these moves and play it at a more advanced level there's also these things called badges that you can actually add to your character and these badges add a an additional skill for example one of the badges that i'm using you can use your hat to like open it up and kind of glide down mm. and so uh, that's one that i'm using a lot so there's a lot of there's a lot of depth in the gameplay the game is very simple uh, on its surface. When you do take the Wonder Flower, it does get a little more complex. The cool thing I do like about it is that there's no time uh, limit here like the other Mario games. It's it's very much take your time, explore, and kind of uh, uh, play at your own pace. And I think that the game does a really good job because now it has this level that can cater to the more advanced player. And they can also cater to a player who isn't as advanced and wants to take their time with it and kind of play it differently almost play like an exploration game you can definitely do that here um there's so many cool things about it uh, uh, the, the 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 scope and the depth of, of each level there's some levels that start in the front forefront and you can go into this tube and you're in the back back part of the game a lot of stuff like that just really cool things that that are scattered throughout the game uh and it's awesome I, I love it. I don't think it's the best platformer of all time. I don't think it revolutionizes the genre as a whole. I do think that it needed, it gives Mario, the 2D Mario, a very big 
and well needed facelift because now uh no longer is is that 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 terrible art style from the new Super Mario Bros games it's it's this new unique art style uh and it's it's awesome I love it I, I think it's 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 an incredible game honestly Very cool man I'm glad to hear mm-hmm. that Mario delivered uh even though he's got a drug problem now hope he cleans up cuz uh He always had a drug problem bro always taking that flower to shoot that fire you mm, know getting high and, mm, and rhyming uh then he was taking those uh mushrooms to get bigger you know what we're talking about mm, when you talk mushrooms to get bigger extends whatever you do to make your dick bigger that's what okay. he was taking you saying he's on that blue um, chew he, yeah, he's on that blue chew for sure. But DMT is a whole different drug, baby, and they weren't prepared for that. And so wow, they're out here tripping balls. This game is about Mario tripping balls throughout this entire kingdom. Pretty dope, actually. Respect. Aaron Rodgers would approve. Right, you Joe Rogan would approve. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan would approve. I'm telling you. Listen, I think man. Joe Rogan would be crying while playing this. Probably game. would. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen. If, if, uh, steroids. I think. I but, guess so. Maybe a little bit of fentanyl too. But who knows? Oh, jeez. Um. All right, man. Well, that was cool. I mean, um, look, for me, uh, I, I just have a quick shout out because we got to move on. Um, Battlefield 2042, uh, two years later. Um, listen, man, uh, you know, it's it's interesting because last week I, I, I shouted out uh, Halo Infinite for the, uh, the comeback. And we'll be talking a little bit more about Halo in just a moment. But Battlefield 2042, man, um, listen, I, I used to be Battlefield McGee. Um, Battlefield 2042 came out and shit the bed, uh, just dripping with sure butt did. sauce all over the floor. Uh, couldn't wash it off. And, uh, you know, look, man, two years in, they made a lot of radical changes to a lot of the bad design decisions they made uh, at launch. They got rid of the uh, almost like an Overwatch-like hero sort of system, and they reverted back to the more traditional class-based system of assault, engineer, support, recon, uh, which is a huge change for the better. They reworked a lot of maps from the uh, OG launch to make them uh, more usable, more fun, more engaging, uh, and just better tuned for the ebb and flow of combat, uh, and a lot of other changes to the point where the game feels damn good. Uh, If this was the game that came out at launch, this would have been in my rotation like crazy uh, back in 2021. Uh, So if you're a Battlefield fan, you haven't touched Battlefield 2042 in a long time, uh, I just suggest going and trying it out again. You might actually like what you see, um, and, and you might get a, a very different experience than the one you might remember from uh, back at uh, its original launch. So just a quick shout-out there. But other than that, I think, um, look, man, that was a hell of a loadout segment for us, so we've got to go ahead and move on, man. Let's get to the news segment, though, Pablo. Uh, got some interesting topics to talk about there. We call that segment Hit Points. Let's get started. For breaking news, rumors, and booty juice... It's time for Hit Points. All right, bro. So I name-dropped Halo for a moment there, and that was not necessarily a coincidence because our first topic is Halo-related because after the disastrous launch of Halo Infinite and, of course, the leadership shakeups that followed at 343 Industries, uh, many fans, uh, us included, were kind of left wondering what the future was going to hold for Halo, and now we may finally have an answer, which might come as a shocker to many people. Uh, and that's because, according to recent rumors, the infamous 10-year plan for Halo Infinite might be getting cut short, as 343 Industries is allegedly working on the next mainline Halo game right now. Uh, So according to the rumor, 
uh, only a small number of people are still working on Halo Infinite, and that's really just on the multiplayer side, uh, whereas the rest of the team has now transitioned fully to the next uh, mainline Halo game. So I guess the question for you, Pablo, is are you shocked that uh, 343 is abandoning Halo Infinite sooner than expected to work on this new Halo? And um, if this rumor is true, is it the right call or should they continue to capitalize on this recent resurgence for Halo Infinite instead? Where, where are you at with this? Honestly, I'm a little shocked because of all the work that I see that they're putting into the multiplayer for Infinite and how it's there is a, a resurgence. There is a comeback kind of a brew in there. And so I, it's a little shocking that they've they've uh, they seemingly are, are moving on. Uh, sooner rather than later. Um, I don't know what that means to the franchise. I, I know that uh, I think the state of the game and, and a lot of the multiplayer stuff is what left like a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. I think the, the single player stuff it, it, it had some really cool. Yeah. It had some cool ideas, yeah, yeah. but you know it wasn't like the the best of it. So I wonder if they're going to soft reboot the franchise or is it going to continue what infinite uh, what story they laid out. Uh, I, I'm I'm very I'm very curious because there's a lot of stuff that they that they did with Cortana, the weapon, and and the pilot, and and I wonder if that stuff will carry over. I, I love Halo and I love Halo multiplayer, but I'm very big on Halo single player campaign as well, and I, I I'm interested the most to see what that means. Is are are is that done, or is the next game just going to be focused on multiplayer? Uh, I, 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 I'm very interested to see exactly what, what they, they, they decide the definitive future of Halo is going to be. Because don't, don't be fooled. The next Halo game also, <laughs> I know we said that about Infinite, but the next Halo game it can't do what Halo Infinite did. It, it just can't. Because if, if, if Halo Infinite put uh, the, the series in a coffin, the, uh, the next Halo game will put those final nails into that coffin to, to completely close out that... that um, uh, that franchise so i think that a lot of hinges on the next series so i wonder if they'll decide to focus on the multiplayer or if they're confident that they'll be able to do both i hope it's both uh and but i am shocked i am shocked because it's not like halo infinite is completely dead and it's not like they didn't do some good work to kind of put halo back on the map which it it, it, it really is it really is the players account has gone up a lot of the the, the gripes that people have with the multiplayer that's mostly been taken care of so you know it's a little shocking so i wonder what the next step is going to be and i want i wonder if that project tatanka has evolved into the next halo thing because i know that that was coming out for sure and it, they haven't even mentioned it. it's never even been officially talked about by by xbox so uh, there's a lot of things happening that i wonder if, if if we'll see the final product uh sooner rather than later honestly yeah it's all going to depend on what their vision for the next halo is um i mean as far as infinite goes i think um there's only so much they can do in this resurgence to make up for the stigma of halo infinite's um, disastrous launch and terrible roadmap and anemic features with multiplayer and so on. Um, you're only gonna you're only gonna do but so much to get players back in that um, that that arena again. I think at this point that the smart thing to do is to say, yeah, you know, let's not be stubborn about this. Ten years is a long time to commit for Halo Infinite. It didn't. It didn't. No part of this project really panned out the way we hoped, even back from when it was first revealed. Right. So at, at a certain point, we got to be able to pivot when we got to pivot. And so I think it makes sense for them to say, you know what, let's 
maybe support this game for another year or two and let's get cracking on this next Halo because we got we, we got to get Halo back in the right spot again uh, in a place of prominence the way that it used to be. Um, to that point, I think the best thing to do for Halo is to turn it into a platform of sorts. I, I, my prediction is they're going to call it Halo and it's going to consist of four pillars. Campaign content, PvP content, PvE content, and a Royale which is where the Project Tatanka thing kind of sinks in. And I think they're going to build off of those four pillars with continuously supplementing, okay, uh, the next developer direct is going to be, you know, here's news on the next uh, story expansion for our Halo platform. And it's going to be, to me, I think it should be a lot like what they did with the Master Chief Collection. Just keep fueling that and pumping that with more content and more features and quality of life improvements and just make Halo... Um, less contingent on getting getting it all right the first time and build something that's scalable, uh, you know, throughout the the entire uh, life cycle of of the console generation or even beyond that into the next one, um, because I think you know it, it, at this point continuing to to create these uh, these games is going to cost a lot of money. It's going to cost a lot of manpower. And with the amount of layoffs that are going on in the industry right now, it's not a sexy thing to talk about, but it, making games is getting harder. Uh, it ain't getting easier. So if you can make a great platform with a good core and you can build on that the right way instead of doing what they did with Infinite, I think they have uh, a, a better future ahead for Halo. But uh, as far as being shocked about all this, no, nah, not really. I think this is just what has to happen when you when you fail. Um, and let's just be real. They failed and they got to they got to make moves to get Halo back in a good place again. Uh, all I ask for now is cancel that tv series man we don't need master cheeks out here being nude out here on, t- on tv screens man i don't need that um yeah it's so bad ugh, brutal but uh not the only xbox story we have here pablo because rounding out our hit points this week is a little update about the abk acquisition please don't throw up in your mouths or bringing it up again i get it we're, we're, we're tired of talking about it too but this is kind of like the last little epilogue to it uh because now that the deal is complete uh, Xbox head Phil Spencer has opened up about the prospect of reviving old Activision Blizzard franchises. Uh, he actually stated, quote, if teams want to go back and revisit some of the games that we have and do a full focus on it, I'm going to be all in because I think there's just an amazing trove of things we can go and touch again, end quote. So, Pablo, real quick, let's have a little bit of fun with this real fast and let's let's pick a couple of franchises out of the list of dormant ip they have that we would want them to revive huh i think that the biggest one they talked about was guitar hero Mm -hmm. uh but fuck that i don't want no guitar hero uh i think uh, the one that i would probably be the most uh interested in, in seeing where they take it next would now, do they have to be like dormant ones? Uh, we haven't seen them in a while. Just they've been gone, or they're just not prevalent anymore in this era. Remember Star Fox? I mean, not Star Fox. Stargate. Uh, was it Starcraft? Uh, Ghosts. Yeah. Oh man, that canceled game back on like the PS One. Yeah. Era? Yeah. Yeah. So that game is, you know, for those who know who's what StarCraft or World of, of, of uh, well, StarCraft specifically. Uh, basically, it's an RTS. You know. 
over the top kind of game. But they made a game called RT uh, RTS <laughs> called StarCraft uh, Ghost, and it was a third person shooter that predated even those like Years of War or something like that. And that shit for the time looked absolutely straight fire. And for whatever reason uh, that we don't actually quite know, that whole entire game was canceled on like like months before release or or, or like months into like final polishing states and i would want something like that i would want i would want them to bring back things like uh starcraft and, and things games like that in a new mold in a, in a way that uh that other people can enjoy those games instead of being these very kind of niche uh rts type titles those can still exist but ghosts look dope as fuck and i wanted to see that because that world the, even the world of warcraft uh that world itself is very interesting uh even like the world that, like the stories and little you see in overwatch that stuff they do blizzard does such a good job in world building uh that i would love to see that in a game yeah that was a good pick that is it's a good pick i mean you really went niche as hell with that one but hey man if they did that that would be ultimate fan service wink and yeah, nod but- self-aware kind of a thing uh, but that would be kind of dope. Because, I mean, look, what do we got? Spyro, the dragon. I'm sure you got a good one. But it's like these games that I understand. It's almost I understand why those games are dormant. Where when it comes to, to StarCraft and that Ghost series, it's like, man, that that's a mystery that I would love to know. First of all, I don't know what happened there. But also just would love to see that, man. Mm. That'd be fire. Yeah, I had a couple of picks, man. Uh, obviously, Tony Hawk came to mind. True Crime was one that I was like, oh, that could be interesting. I'm going with Tenchu. I want me a. Ooh, yeah. I want a ninja ass ninja game, all the Here's way. Here's the problem with that one, Marco. Is I think that they could only remake them because I think any new Tenchu game, if I'm not mistaken, from software owns the publishing hey, right. Cool with me. Remake them and then right? pull right? like a dragon to the Yakuza thing. And keep them bitches rolling because I think that's just it's a gap in the gaming space to me. I don't know why there's not just a good pure ninja game. Like I think you know when you think of games like Sekiro and stuff like that, like they tried to do a little bit of stealth <laughs> stuff in there, you're hiding in some bushes or you know leaning against the wall. But it wasn't like it wasn't like Tenchu used to be, man. Tenchu was so dope back in the day in the PS1 era. Um, it I was, miss it. it was, I it miss really it. Was. And, and I think they could do a lot with that in terms of style and um, it, it could just. That that's the one franchise I think can make some moves uh, in in the modern era. A lot of these kind of aged out. I don't think they'd be good coming back, but I think that one's got a shot if they if they play their cards right. But we we shall see. Um, no, yeah, you're right. I remember the era of like that ninja game. Like it was Tenchu, Bushido Blade. Uh, uh, they had a lot of that those, going those were, on back in the day. Yeah, yeah, I can't think of a lot of them now, but yeah, it was there was a time. The Bushido Blade was fire though. Bushido Blade was like one cut, in, like one touch death. Yeah. Like, that yeah, super right realistic. Wrong. Yeah, I like that kind of thing for sure. Um, well, look, man, let's go ahead and uh, transition on to the next thing. But before we do so, listen, ladies and gentlemen, if you've made it this far and you like what you've been hearing from us, uh, we really appreciate it if you consider subscribing to our podcast. I mean, we know that everyone wants you to subscribe and like and leave a comment and do all this different stuff. And it can be a little tough to say, okay, look, I can't subscribe to all of you. I only got so much time. But you obviously showed up here to check us out if you're if you're a first-time listener. And hopefully you've enjoyed the unbiased perspectives that we have about games because that's important, right? A lot, of, a lot of shows these days, they got a lot of little weird 
undercurrent of console bias and console warrior <laughs> stuff going on. We don't do that here, man. We, we, you know, we like what we like, and we're we're, we're gaming connoisseurs first. We're not plastic box uh, warshippers at all. So, uh, and that that's important these days. And you can trust us, even if you don't agree with all of our opinions, that we're going to give it to you straight, and that we're not doing anything loaded in the back uh, that that you know kind of makes you think that we're up to something nefarious with that. So, uh, if that sounds cool to you, look. We're right where you found us, number one, so you can subscribe to us there. But just in case you're wondering, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple, we're on Google, pretty much anywhere you stream stuff, uh, you can find us there. And hey, if, if you're feeling extra cool, if you got time, leave us a five-star review. Uh, that does a lot for us as a small show, boosts us up the algorithms and up the search results so that we get a little bit more spotlight, uh, which goes a long way for our show for sure. Uh, but look, we have a main event of the show to, to kick off next, so let's go ahead and get started on that. We call that the Checkpoint Chat. It's time for the Checkpoint Chat. All right, sucker. We're here. <laughs> I have actually no idea where that came from. I just felt like being rude and toxic. Rude. Uh, with a, mm-hmm. so it feels like an old Muhammad Ali insult. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I'm going to beat that sucker good. Um, <laughs> all right, listen, we here uh, with the Checkpoint Chat. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, we decided to have a little bit of fun with a segment that we call Cool Down Versus. And this time what we did was we uh, have have picked a series of, of video game developers, all noteworthy, all very uh, highly regarded to varying degrees. And we decided to pit them against each other in a little playoff bracket like uh shindig here to decide uh which one of this batch of developers is uh basically the ones that make the better games or have the better history the better portfolio just who who's better uh is kind of where we're going here so um better who better indeed so we're going to be doing that uh we're going to be kind of deliberating we both have to come to an agreement on each of these choices as we move through each bracket uh and we will kind of narrow it down as we go and pick an ultimate winner uh, so, uh, Pablo, why don't we go ahead and kick this off with a matchup that's kind of on time, considering Spider-Man 2 is here and Somniac Games is kind of in the zeitgeist right now. So let's let's uh, let's let's use our first bracket here for um, Insomniac Games versus Naughty Dog. Um, this one's been kind of a, a, a big discussion lately. Who is the. I mean, a lot of people are like, is it who's the best Sony Studios? Is it Naughty Dog or Insomniac? But I, where do you land on this? And let's let's see if we can come to an agreement here. What do you got? I think what you say Insomniac Games, and then you say Naughty Dog. I think also on paper, this looks very very close in terms of like, ooh, who's better? But personally, for me, I think it's Naughty Dog all the way. I mean, mm. I just think with, with The Last of Us, The Last of Us 2, and I know they have a little issues with, with factions, uh, but that sort of storytelling is, is – nobody does that. Nobody does yeah. that. Not, not in that not in not that caliber. I mean, th- the first game got turned into a prestige TV HBO series and barely changed anything, and it was still un- it was still incredible. Like, I-, I just think that when you look at what Insomniac Games is doing – Great studio, amazing studio, one of the best that Sony has. But when you see they're out, what they're putting out, which is good, very good. I just think Naughty Dog's output is more important. 
I think Naughty Dog is, 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 a product is better. And I am way, 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 way more excited for the next Naughty Dog thing than I would ever be for anything Insomniac does. <laughs> even if it was Sunset Overdrive 2 or anything or anything like that. It's just Naughty Dog is that good of a company. Marco, how about you? Yeah, man. This one is tough because on one hand, The Last of Us is one of my favorite franchises of all time. And then you have Uncharted, which I hate so much <laughs> in my heart um and then you have insomnia this is like the model of consistency i like ratchet i like uh spider-man um i like what i just like what they do they do good work resistance was great back in the day um but if there was ever a time when one franchise was was enough to beat the most consistent studio of uh, uh in in the modern era which i think is insomniac i think i think the last of us is just that good to put naughty dog over the top so i would Hell actually yeah. go with naughty dog as well so uh naughty dog happens to win this first little playoff matchup so there we go um let's move on to the next matchup pablo because up next we have a pretty interesting one we've got obsidian entertainment makers of fallout new vegas the outer world soon to be the release of avowed uh going up against ubisoft montreal uh the makers of obviously watchdogs and splinter cell and assassin's creed some far cry stuff going on too uh they've had their hands in a lot of different cookie jars on the ubisoft side of things uh but who do you think's got the win here what, what's 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 going on yeah, I mean, I think that this is a lot closer than people might think. I mean, I know that the Valhalla's of the world and the uh, Odysseys of the world might not be looked upon as games that are the premier game within that franchise, but look at what they've done with Assassin's Creed. I I, I came around to Mirage. I think that For Honor has had a lot of long legs. I think the Far Cry series is consistently decent. I, and obviously, for, uh, Rainbow Six Siege, which is amongst our favorite, if not our favorite multiplayer game of all time. They, they are responsible for that game. But I think, honestly, if, if I'm looking at, at, at the whole picture here, I... I would go with Obsidian. I, I think, you know, Obsidian with what they've done in the past with Pillars of Eternity and, and, and the sequel. I think the, the stuff like Dungeon Siege, uh, Alpha Protocol, Fallout New Vegas, you know, KOTOR 2, which wasn't as good as KOTOR, but it was still, still very good. They're still very yeah. good, and then the, the, their their chances that they've taken with Pentiment and, and and them kind of doing their own thing with with the with the Fallout uh, type of vibe with the Outer Worlds. With I know you're not a huge fan of, I love the Outer Worlds. I'm very much looking forward to Outer Worlds too. And then what Avowed is maybe they'll be it'll be their Skyrim type of game. And I think that you know a lot of of criticism has been given to how Avowed looks, but I think Obsidian when it comes to to the RPG elements, the gameplay, they're very 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 good at that. And so I am, I, I, with me, I think without a doubt would be Obsidian. Yeah, I'm actually going to agree with you on this one. I think that Ubisoft, Montreal is no joke, man. They've made some really great games. They're, no they're, they're responsible for a lot of the best we've seen from Ubisoft, which is kind of mm. getting a little bit hard to come by, uh, all things considered. But they've, they've done some great work. But I think Obsidian to me is just such a dynamic studio with truly great uh, creatives at the helm that write games very well that understand uh how to make you know good open world games even if i don't necessarily resonate with some of them i think they just 
genuinely do very good work. Um, and I think that they also have a tendency of having those little cult classic games. Alpha Protocol is one of my favorite games, man. Period. Yeah, it, dope game. it's, it plays like dog shit. It did when it came out. It's not, it's not that it aged bad. It's just that it played bad to begin with. But the story was incredible. It was like what the Bourne series wanted to be but never could. Uh, it, was that, it was that awesome. Um, Actually, the, the, they had a newborn game that pretty much emulated almost everything yeah. that that game did. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going, I'm, I'm with you on that. When I think Obsidian Entertainment makes it to the next round of our little competition here. So, uh, so long to Ubisoft Montreal. Uh, all right, man, this one's, I'm curious about this one, man. Where are you going to go with this next matchup? We got Bioware versus Rockstar Games. Hmm. Uh, this is one of the ones where I gotta be like my heart I versus the evil part of my brain couldn't wait for this one from you because I know I know your dilemma but go ahead go ahead well, well okay no tell me Red Dead, what is Red my Dead's, dilemma Red Dead and GTA 4 are gonna have you in your feels against what Bioware yeah. does with Mass Effect and stuff so yeah yeah no no it, 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 it's hard because in one hand I have obviously Red Dead Redemption 2 which is slowly becoming probably my favorite game of all time besides Ocarina uh, and then on the other hand you have Mass Effect which they're just those are incredible games but on the other side with with uh, uh, with Bioware but then you look further I'm not a fan of, of, of Grand Theft Auto 5 they both had some fumbles too some some they, they both had fumbles yes they both had fumbles but Bioware has been really good with their RPG stuff, even even though Dragon Age Inquisition was kind of not the best. Kotor. I thought it was so awesome. Yeah, KOTOR is among the best. Mm. But there's something to be said about kind of like your impact on the industry. And I think nobody's had the impact that Rockstar has had mm. on the industry as a whole. Um, they, they, I mean, they, they basically... Revolutionized and modernized the open world game uh, with with Grand Theft Auto Three uh, and and they and storytelling as well. I know that their storytelling now has been a little uh, uh, taboo and a little bit like seemingly immature. But Vice City, Grand Theft Auto Four, at the time, those were looked like mature stories told in ways that nobody's ever told a story before. And I think that a lot of people after that have taken that and ran with it and obviously we get the 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 uh the naughty dogs of the world based on, on that mature storytelling and then every other game in the in the history of video games that's open world is emulating grand theft auto and then red dead redemption i, I think is is for me i know i know it's a more of a niche product but i think it's just it's just kind of the all those things coming together and making for me what feels like the best game ever made uh so i i think i, I bioware obviously is amazing like, come on, man. Uh, but I think overall, when it comes to, to the industry impact and then the games that they have, for me, it would be Rockstar Games. Mm, man. Yeah, we, we're going to have a tough one here because I, I skew more Bioware. You probably knew that. Okay. Um, yeah. KOTOR, to me, I think it's the best Star Wars game of all time. I think that Mass Effect is arguably one of the best, if not the best, sci-fi role-playing game of all time. Um, times three. Um, I think Dragon yeah. Age, it w- was very well done. Um, it's hard for me because yeah, Andromeda was a problem. Uh, Anthem was a complete mistake, but man, the pedigree was is is something special. Um, 
Rockstar is tricky too because it's not just about GTA and Red Dead. You also got to think back about other hits that they had, like uh, you know, Bully, Bully, and Manhunt, and the Warriors. Manhunt, Warriors, good games. Um, Rockstar presents table tennis. Uh, I know, that's the that's hey, dope. I played the shit out of that hey. game. Grand Theft, you know what game I played the shit out of? Grand Theft Auto 2. The asymmetric Grand Theft Auto. Okay, well, I played the hell out of that shit. That's sadistic. Um, <laughs> I think, okay, I'm going to concede to you because I think that Rockstar, when you talk impact, I think that that does play a big part. Um, I don't want to lean on that too much with some of the other matchups because that did, that can get lopsided, but I think in this case, it's, no, but yeah, I think- it, to me, it is what tips the scale, I think, from a very tough competition. Well- I would say what what kind of also does it for me is that if, regardless of how I feel about Grand Theft Auto Five, I still understand its achievements and what it's done, mm-hmm. uh, and also has 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 kind of taken the online aspect of that and and kind of created its own little pocket in the online world. But also, I Rockstar hasn't missed, you know. Regardless of my feelings about five, some GTA of these five, remasters they've been doing been missing. Yeah, yeah, sure. But like when you look at Dragon Age, you know, Dragon Age has had a marred history yeah, of like no, that's true. good, bad, good, bad. I can't you know, deny that. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda is 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 not great. And then you have like Anthem. Like you know, Anthem is like holy shit. What were they thinking? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so and then uh, to your disliking, Jade, Jade Empire was the game that was a head scratcher for some. But I mean, look, it, it, it's it's still. Has massive uh, Mass Effect one, two, and three, which are masterful. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, and the original Baldur Gates one and two as well for for um, oh that's true. Bioware. But, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but um, right, well, we'll, I don't know, man. I, we'll, we'll move Rockstar. I, if you through. concede, I'll take it. No, no, I, 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 I can be convinced. Concede. Okay, I can see right. Rockstar makes it to the next round. Son of a bitch. Uh, let's move on to the next <laughs> matchup here, Pablo, because this is another tricky one. Uh, because it is, is tricky. This is a Marco and Pablo ass matchup right here to the core, because we have Remedy Entertainment, the makers of Alan Wake, Max Payne, uh, Control, that kind of thing, uh, Quantum Break, versus Idos Montreal, makers of Deus Ex. Um, Woo! Man, and I think um, Legacy of Kane. Am I or am I or am I bugging? Uh yeah no I don't think so I don't think they were I think I think remember hold up uh, Idos Montreal they started as a conglomerate they started with Deus Ex in 2011 mm. so it's like Deus Ex the maybe that's Crystal Dynamics Mankind Divided yeah no, no, Idos Interactive was part of okay maybe that shouldn't count then okay. Cause it, no, but it's still the history. I guess it's it is. Like, yeah, I guess it is. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. So then it's on the table. All right. Yeah, but yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Re- Remedy versus Idos Montreal, two of our favorite studios. What do you got here? What's going on? Okay. <laughs> I look. It's going to be hard for me to pick anything, but um, but Idos Montreal because of the simple fact that Deus Ex: Human Revolution, Mankind Divided, uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I know people. Don't love that one, but it's still a very good game. And then Gardens of the Galaxy. Mm. Like, come on, man. Um, as for Remedy, I'll tell you this. I think in a couple of years, if we do this again, Remedy could be potentially the winner for me here in that Control 2 will be out. We'll know what Alan Wake 2 is at that point. 
But I don't know, man. I, I still think that... Oh, and also the, the Max Payne remakes will be out at that point. But um, for me, I just feel like Remedy has done a lot of great... Obviously, Alan Wake. Uh, what else have they done? Uh, they've done Control. Control Max uh, Payne. Max Payne, Quantum Break, um, Alan Wake. But I, I, I don't know, man. I, there's still a lot of like weird stuff with them, with like their whole crossfire shit that, <laughs> that was horrific. And I still feel like they're just not quite there yet especially when you compare it to to the games that um that uh Eidos montreal admittedly that the weakest the weakest argument that i have is just that i love those mankind divided and and day sex and revolution and it is it is being carried by those that that's two, those two games i could be convinced either way i don't think anybody loses here uh yeah. honestly but uh what do you think well, hopefully you lose. maybe you have more compelling hopefully you lose because i got remedy uh, and, and, and okay. honestly the more I thought about it, the the more it, it was not even a like a close call because I think hmm. I think when you look at Remedy, I don't think there's any studio that can do what Remedy does with their kinds of games. I don't think anybody can match their 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 weirdness. I don't think anybody can match their their strange like supernatural sci fi stuff. They do shared universe stuff with Control and Alan Wake, which I think is really interesting. They obviously broke new ground and innovated so much with third-person shooters with Max Payne. They're coming back to it again. Um, I, I, Quantum Break, I think, was another innovative game as well, blending TV with uh, you know an action third-person game as well. I think that they've really been ahead of their time so often that uh, gaming would be a little weird without them around. And I think IDOS... IDOS does a great job with or all of not it. as weird. Yeah, depending on the context. Yeah, I think I yeah, think yeah. IDOS makes excellent games. They make some of my favorite games of all time. I think what drags them down for me, uh, as fickle as it sounds in in these comparisons, is like technically, uh, literally technically, I think that they have left a lot to be desired with bugs and quirkiness and some of their games don't age the best they can feel a little stiff and um you know coming back to these games are a little difficult where i think i think remedy games just kind of feel a little bit a little bit more timeless than i think idos games do um and i think that they're more creative with their stories than idos is but not i mean they're both great studios narrative wise but i think remedy is just so unique that there's nobody out there quite like them I guess where I get hung up is is like I don't think that Remedy has a single game that's better than Guardians of the Galaxy, Deus Ex Human Revolution, mm. or Deus Ex uh, Mankind Divided. I think they uh, do. I love I love Alan Wake. Uh, I love Control. I love uh, what they've done with Max Payne back in the day. But I don't think any of those games, or even Quantum Break, which I, I'm also a fan of, I don't think any of those games are better than any of those games. You think that you think that there, any of those games are better than 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 any of those three games? And even uh, I, I don't. Yeah, I would say those three games because I you know. Yeah, I mean, I I think uh, you know the matchups are the matchups are weird, so it's hard to say for sure. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. I think they definitely contend. I don't think that it would be. Like there's no, I don't think there's no lopsided win either way. Um, I think it's very right. subjective. So, um, okay, I I, I can see, I can see Remedy. I, I I just feel like you know Idos has some of my favorite games of all time, and Remedy does too. Uh, but I, I don't think that for me Remedy games are as timeless as uh, Montreal games, Idos mm. Montreal's. But I you're right on that uh, on the technical aspect, and you know when we look at at, at the games here, Shadow of the Tomb Raider is great. It's just not 
you know, yeah. the best of the the trilogy, and then obviously Thief was a, was was a, was a failure, though not a terrible game. Yeah, not that the game was actually okay. Uh, and then Mar- and we're leaving the elephant in the room out. Marvel's Avengers was a complete fucking failure in every <laughs> aspect. So and didn't they make uh, Thief? I, was that them? Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Ooh. Thief was not. Oh, a th- I, thought, okay. I don't think that was. I repressed. I don't think that was a terrible game. Yeah. I thought it was. <laughs> I don't think that was a terrible game. I thought it was decent. Um, I played the original Thief games uh, back in the day, and I thought that this was a kind of like a cool version of that. It's not as good as Human Revolution, not as good as Mankind Divided. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I, I can see hey, that. Look, I just think, obviously... We pick between our favorite children at, here, man. It just is what it is. No, no, no. I, Remedy is there, because I don't think Remedy has a failure no. that can contend with Marvel's Avengers. That's true. I didn't think of it. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That is yeah. true. All right. So we'll give Remedy the nod. They make it to the next round. Uh, up next in our matchups, we have Crystal Dynamics. Why do you do this to me? Versus Ryu Gagotoku Studio. I know people are like, who like the fuck dragon. did you just talk about? That's the the Yakuza slash Like a Dragon team they've made. I mean, the judgment name, that name literally means... Uh, like a dragon. Like a dragon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a dragon studio, uh, basically. So mm-hmm. Crystal Dynamics, though, man, a lot of years in the game. Pedigrees. Why you do this to me? Pedigree is pedigree and out here, bro. So I need you to talk to me. I need you to keep it real with me. Keep it a thousand. <clears throat> okay. So I think that the standout games are like uh, Tomb Raider, yeah, yeah. Soul Reaver. Tomb Raider, Soul you Reaver. Know. Then you got yeah, Yakuza. Uh, you got Like a Dragon. You got Judgment. You know. Yeah. What are we looking um, like here, man? Look at that face. I think I, <laughs> I just think for me on a personal level, I I I um I wasn't the biggest PlayStation 1 2 kid out there. Um a lot of these games are very much those kind of games. Um, you know, uh I think for me, it's the reason I'm struggling here is because I'm trying to find words to say how easy of a choice this is for me <laughs> without oh. without shitting on the other. But because I, I think it, it's like a Dragon Studios over uh, Crystal Dynamics, and for me, it's not close. Yeah, oh no, um, don't don't feel bad. I'm with you. I'm yeah, here. For me, it's not close. I, I think Soul Reaver Two are, are it's a great game. Legacy of K- oh. uh, Kane. Uh, those are fantastic games, and I hope they come back and 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 and. Some form or fashion. I think I like Blood Omen. I I, I mean, I, they're really good games. Obviously, the Tomb Raider games. It's just for me. I just enjoyed so much of what I've played of the Like a Dragon, Yakuza games, uh, the Judgment spinoffs. I I I I love those games. And and even though Ishin wasn't like my favorite, uh, you know, it's it's it. You know, they can fail every once in a while. Um, I just love the inter the, the the connectivity now that they're really leaning into. For a long time, Yakuza, especially one through six, one through five, really were very kind of segmented. They they told uh, individual stories that had small connections with six and on they really made like a world that's all interconnected and done really dope shit yeah. there and those games are just a blast to play and then like a dragon taking a chance at becoming a turn-based game and that working out for them just the, the innovative studio doing a lot of the, the 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 stuff that um that i love with story really taking chances on story not a lot of studios do that you know they, they don't give a fuck They'll, they'll tell the story about alzheimer's if they have to oh, tell you will. about story about oh. alzheimer's they don't care <laughs> to, a fault, they, sir. to a fault absolutely oh, to a man. fault yeah but no. uh, it's just in terms of everything that 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 we look at when we're seeing these kids for me 
I would say for it's just it has to be uh, like a Dragon Studios for me. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. And here's you, you hit a lot of my points. Let me just add this right: the the amount of talent and planning that it takes to build a because you got to think about it this way: they built a universe, basically the Yakuza universe, and they have built all of these stories within that universe, um, and each and every one of them are good. And then they not only did a good job with that, then they went back and had to do remasters of them. And the remasters were, were good too. And so I think they have built out something so unique and so rich with lore and all the melodrama you could want that I think that, uh, we'll just say like a dragon studio here. Uh, so I don't butcher their name. Uh, I think it's just, it's just more brilliant work than what crystal dynamics has done. And I take nothing away from crystal dynamics. Like you said, it's they, they, you know, they have an amazing pedigree too. I just think that they've been a little bit more disjointed. Whereas I think, um, you know, like a dragon studio is just much more sophisticated. They have, they have much more streamlined vision of what they're doing with their, with their games and that all fits well together. I just think that's commendable. So yeah, I'm with you. I agree. Yeah. All right. Another hard one or maybe not. I don't know. Bungie versus Respawn Entertainment. Yeah, this is the hardest one in that so far because of the legacy aspect of Bungie. Yep. Halo. And yep. what Respawn yeah, and what Respawn Entertainment has uh has done, but also has left to do, you know? Um I, I think that for me it's probably gonna be respawn. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, Titanfall one was great. Titanfall two is a masterpiece. And then I, I love Jedi survivor that just came out this year and fallen order. Wasn't my favorite, but it, it was fine. And it led up to this moment in time where I got to play survivor, which I absolutely adored. And then the future of, of respawn and what they have down the pike, p- potentially Titanfall three. But even if not, they always have that in their bag, ready to go. And I think Bungie, you know, has did amazing stuff with halo and I love halo for everything it is. And it isn't, uh, but the, the Destiny aspect, it's just games that never spoke to me. And I know they're successful, and I know that they have their audience. I'm not one of those people, and I don't care or excited what Bungie does with their future. Marathon has been announced. I could care less. Uh, anything Respawn Entertainment announces next, at the very least, I'm going to be interested in. And for me, um, I think when we look at Legacy versus the future, I think Respawn definitely has a lot more left than to offer than 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 Bungie can because they they're, they're so stuck in offering one thing. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I lead um, lean as well. I think I think Respawn is to me a clear winner. Um, Bungie's Halo history can't be denied. You can't take anything away from that, and I'm certainly not doing that. But I think when you look at what Respawn has done to uh, evolve first-person shooters with Titanfall, and then obviously, you know, breaking through in a very, very tough space in games of service with Apex Legends and being successful uh, is a huge, huge testament to their capabilities as a studio. Uh, and then you look at things like the Star Wars Jedi uh, series uh, and what they were able to accomplish there in, in pivoting away from a shooter into a third-person game. And it doesn't speak to me as a franchise, but a lot of y'all love it, so you got to count that as a, as a win for them as well. Um, I just think that they, um, I think they epitomize a, a, a studio that understands the history of shooters, but also knows how to modernize and evolve uh, in a way that I think 
I think Bungie tends to struggle with in a lot of their stubborn business practices and, and the way they can be a little anti-consumer at times. So I just think Respawn is, is a, a higher class at this point than Bungie. But again, take another away from the Bungie. Halo is Halo. Uh, but, you know, um, yeah. you, you can't live off of that forever. And I think that Destiny, to me, has just been a little too rickety. Uh, to to say that oh Bungie has maintained their consistent level of quality I I don't know if I can say that so I have to give Respawn the nod as well. Um, here we go another matchup that's kind of interesting to some people might be interesting to you Pablo but we got Kojima Productions versus Santa Monica <laughs> Studio. Now we're uh, talking about a lot of things here a lot of franchises yeah. big names big games great visionaries. So what do we? What are we looking at with Kojima Productions? Are we looking at Metal Gear Solid as well? I think we need to. Uh, you know, it's still a Kojima studio. He still was the oh, top okay. dog. I think we have to count that. But you got to take the good with the bad with Metal Gear, though, right? So that still makes yeah. things a little interesting, um, potentially. But what do you got? Yeah. What are you thinking here, man? Look, I love God of War, uh, the first one, 2005. Uh, and three, I thought those were great. Ascension was trash. I think 2018 God of War was amazing, and I think 2022 God of War Ragnarok did what it needed to do, but it was it was it didn't reach the highs of 2018. And if you notice, all I said was God of War, God of War, God of War, God of War. They're the God of War studios. They don't diversify. Yes, they change obviously what God of War is, uh, but in terms of everything else, uh, and we look at Kojima. Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid. So this is a very apt uh, connection uh, matchup here. I, there's no game on this list that I'm looking at in Santa Monica that even can touch the likes of anything that Kojima has done with the Metal Gear Solid series. Um, and I would even say games like Death Stranding are better than God of War Ragnarok. And so I, I think this is, for me, it's Kojima Productions and it's not close. Yeah, I don't think it's close either. I think you're right. I think Kojima takes the win here. Um, you know, look, uh, God of War is God of War. And for some people, it that is the highest of the highest, you know, benchmark of video game quality. To others, um, God of War is cool. You know, and I'm, I'm kind of of the mindset God of War is cool. Um, I think Kojima's had a lot of hits and misses over the years. Uh, you know me, I've been on the show. I've given that man some, some grief on this, uh, on this here podcast. I've called him a hoe. I mean, Hey, you know, I've done my part in, in, in being honest about the man. Uh, but listen, you can't deny that Kojima has done amazing things. His portfolio is incredible. Not even just metal gear and death stranding and stuff like that, but going back to like, you know, the police knots days and you know, the, 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 that whole era. I mean, Kojima has just been, out here uh producing classic after classic and uh despite his ups and downs and the beef with konami and all that i think you still got to give this man his flowers and i think he deserves to make it to the next round so yeah kojima productions and our last matchup in this opening bracket here cd project red versus bethesda games studios pablo we got we got witcher and cyberpunk going up against skyrim and uh, well elder scrolls fallout Starfield now. Damn, damn, damn. Yeah, I mean, look, CD Projekt Red, 
I, they found their, their footing with Witcher 3 and obviously have uh, have taken the time to, to really put the love into uh, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 that it deserved. Uh, and I think that I think that their future of that studio is bright. I cannot wait for more Witcher. I cannot wait more for CD Projekt. Uh, but Bethesda's my baby. Bethesda, <laughs> Fallout. I am a you huge like Fallout a fan. Right I, there, man. Yeah. I love Fallout series. I love Fallout three. I love Fallout uh, four, even though it's a little controversial. Uh, but Starfield, Starfield is just. I came out this year, so whatever. Fuck you if, if you think it's recency bias. But Starfield is is truly an amazing achievement, of, and it's a great video game, uh, one of the best of the year. And you know, Bethesda has shown that. You know, even when their back is against the wall and when they have to deliver something that is going to potentially set up their future, they're, they know what they're doing when it comes to game development. And I am so excited to see what they, what they do and what the future of this company is. Uh, same for CD Projekt Red. I, I just feel like when we look at what CD Projekt Red is, it's a Western RPG, uh, machine. But when it comes to Western RPGs, I think Bethesda is the, the, the person that has put forth that genre and really put it on top and really molded it into it into what it is today so it's but that's the game studio for me man i wish you didn't say that bro i want cd project red to win so bad here but i i'm willing to concede it's just i love starfield i like sky uh, elder scrolls and i like fallout um to me witcher is just incredible work uh cyberpunk has ultimately become incredible work um, man, it's just, it's just, it's two, it's two pieces of work that I think that I think are phenomenal. And, but I, I when you look at, at the, at, at the cat, uh, catalog of games that Bethesda has consistently and constantly put out, I, I just, I don't think there's yeah. really much of a competition there. You're, At least not right now. You're wrong, in but you're right. And you're right, but you're wrong. Look, in a couple of years, we're going to have, <laughs> stupid, in a couple of years, we're going to have Witcher, <laughs> Uh, Witcher sequel, CD, uh, uh, a Cyberpunk sequel, and at that point we can revisit. But I honestly think that it's Bethesda. Uh, your son is you disappointed know. with you now, as a as a man for doing what you're doing. I mean, crying like crazy right now. So. There. Oh, yeah, he really is. He said, Geralt, um, Arivia. <laughs> you didn't say all that now. All right, so here are the studios that made it through the first round. We'll we'll burn through these a little bit quicker because we got a lot yeah, of our yeah, exposition yeah. out about the companies. But here are the ones that survived round one. Naughty Dog, Obsidian, Rockstar, Remedy, Like a Dragon Studio, Respawn Entertainment, Kojima Productions, and Bethesda Game Studios. So that brings new matchups to the fold. We're going to start with Naughty Dog versus Obsidian Entertainment. Pablo, do, are we going where, where, where I think we're going here? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Where are you going? I'm, I'm leaning Naughty Dog here. Yeah, I was I was leaning Naughty Dog too, but I mean I I would have listened to Obsidian uh, arguments, but I don't I don't I, look Obsidian is great. I think they do good stuff, but I, I I still think Naughty Dog is superior. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, Obsidian's great, but um, I think Naughty Dog's track record, uh, even though I don't love Uncharted, I mean, come on, you can't you can't deny they're they're just that good. Yeah. All right, next matchup would be uh, okay. We got Rockstar Games versus Remedy Entertainment. Um, I think Rockstar takes this one. Um, yeah, I think yeah, Rockstar still the the the. I think Rockstar here is 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 a very it's um, an ironic match. It's a too, tough because they both work together with Max Payne in a way like it's weird, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I think Rockstar. 
Yeah, I just it doesn't make right now. Uh, it's a hard Rockstar's gonna be hard to beat right now, and Remedy's just not suited yeah. to do that. All right. Well, up next we have uh, Like a Dragon Studio ah. versus Respawn Entertainment. Damn, bitch, this hard. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Like a Dragon Studios. Um, mm. I still think that what they're doing is is nobody's doing what they're doing in that space. Uh, and I still think like even the spinoffs are are hitting hard. Mm. Uh, I think that they have a lot going for them, uh, and there's no sign of slowing down for them. I think Respawn Entertainment is great. Uh, I think they're a little splintered right now with 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 what they're doing with with Star Wars IP, and I heard they have another Star Wars first person shooter coming out. So they're kind of going uh, the way of of um, of uh, of Insomniac, where they they might be in the Star Wars set, uh, jail for a little while. Uh, though I think Titanfall is great and all. Um, I think that for me, I think Like a Dragon Studios is just been consistently doing it for so long and so well. And we're such big guys when it comes to narrative. And when, if you want a narrative game, if you want a game that's really about the story, you, these Yakuza games, are the, the, these are the games. Mm, man, this was a tough one. I would, I skew more respawn. I can, I can buy what you're saying with, with uh, Like a Dragon Studio, though. Uh, we're at a stage where I mean they're all great studios, uh, but I yeah, I do yeah. agree. Um, uniqueness is certainly in favor of uh, like a Dragon Studio. Uh, although hey, Respawn's no slouch, man. I mean they kind of nope. broke new ground with Titanfall. Uh, Titanfall that is yeah. not like anything else. Uh, Apex even as a games of service is very unique. Uh, and you know, um, Star Wars is more conventional, but I think even then, you know, it's a good it's a good I spin mean, on the formula of Star Wars that we haven't seen before. It depends where you want to go, because I, I don't think I, I don't even think Like a Dragon Studios has ever had a hit like Respawn oh, no, has had with Star oh, no. Wars games yeah. with with Apex. They've only and, just recently so, I mean, blown up. Yeah, yeah. So there's definitely that to the argument. I'd hmm. be willing to go either way on this, just based on the no, fact that I, um, I, I'm with you. I'm I'm still with you at the end. I think I think Like a Dragon Studio still edges them out. Um, because I think the, what what sold me on your point was like the history of of the, yeah. just a long standing history of great quality. Um, I think mm. it's just hard to walk away from, uh, even though Respawn has done amazing work, um, and they're just mm-hmm. underrated. I think they need more flowers. I'm I'm glad they've made it to the next round. So I want to I want to keep them there. Um, and the next matchup: mm. Kojima Ass Productions versus Bethesda Ass Games. Um, Oof. Hey, give me, give me Kojima, give me Kojima here. Uh, that Metal Gear history is, is, is again, it's too much to, to give up. And look, I, Death Stranding is a, is a really super dope idea that has a lot of room to grow, oh, yeah. and it takes, and it takes the, 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 the vision of, of Kojima to, to keep the weird in that going, but kind of expand beyond Metal Gear. So yeah. now it's like Kojima without limits. Uh, so I think that that's, it's scary because <laughs> it could be bad, but I think that, I think he's shown out more. And listen, Bethesda games is, is amazing. Some of the best games of all time, but I don't think that they have the, I don't think that, I know Todd Howard is Todd Howard, but I, they don't have Kojima, man. Yeah. They, they don't. don't have Kojima. They don't. Yeah. I'm with you on this one too. Um, yeah. I mean, I love me some Bethesda, but damn. I mean, as much as I get into uh, Kojima, man, he, that man, he's made the classics, dude. Metal Gear is my favorite mm-hmm. franchise ever. I mean, you can't. I've been just can't. Let me let me take over here because I've been talking a lot here. So I want you kind of to to lead yeah. here some of these conversations. So okay, the next two matchups here on the next round. These are the final four here. Uh, we have yeah. Naughty Dog versus Rockstar Games. Marco, what do you think? Oh here? Lord. Um, 
(laughs) This is crazy. So listen, man, um, I said it earlier. I'll say it again. If there's ever an IP for Marco that can outshine the best of a totality of another company, The Last of Us has that for me. And so it's it's hard because I get it, bro. I know how much Red Dead Redemption 2 matters to people. I know GTA. GTA is on my favorite franchise of all time, too. But there's just something about The Last of Us that I think... um, changed me as a gamer in a way that I doesn't doesn't really happen like that no more um and I get it there's only two of these games it's not like there's like a whole four five six seven of these games that are out but well I like I like Uncharted yeah um but I just think that it's it's uh it's a hard matchup dude but I think just off of Last of Us alone it's I can't put that up against any franchise on Rockstar side and go, oh, that's I would take that over The Last of Us. Uh, and I know that it's kind of sucks. That's what it comes down to for me. But that's the way my brain is breaking it down. I got I would go Naughty Dog here. What do you buy? What about you? I'd go Rockstar Games, but I'm not going to argue with you because I feel very strongly about Naughty Dog as well. I, I think for me, in using your logic, there's no game that Naughty Dog has that would get me as excited as a um, as a Red Dead Three. Let, let, yeah, right. Let me give you this. Let me give you this question, and then maybe we'll settle it because I can be swayed too. Okay. Let's say okay. We're at a expo, some conference. The lights go out. We see world premiere, screen black. First thing you see is either the Naughty Dog logo or the Rockstar Games logo. Which one? out of the two that you would see on that screen would make you go, oh, oh, what's the, which one makes you kind of go, oh, shit, what's, it would be, it'd be Rockstar, man, just for the potential so of, 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 just the potential <laughs> of, of, of like Red Dead Redemption 3, oh okay. my God, but, but then again, I mean, come on, I don't think, I don't think I would see either of those and be like, hmm, this one's better, I would see both of those and be like, Fuck yeah, we're getting some of the best, the best showcase of all time. I think I would almost look at them equally because I mean, the potential of The Last of Us Three, the potential of uh, Red Dead Redemption Three. I mean, come on, that's like that's everybody eating good there. I, 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 but listen, I would give this to you in this sense. I think that again, even though Rockstar has done a lot for the industry, I think that Red Dead Redemption. Two is absolutely outstanding game. I think that the writing of that game is fantastic. The story of the game is fantastic. It can get a little bloated. There's no, there's no game in the Rockstar catalog that comes close to the writing, and 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 that Naughty Dog has has ex- exhibited with the with the Last of Us series. Last of Us One is fantastic. Last of Us Two. You? No, I think I think I think Red Dead Redemption Two comes close, but I just think there's a lot of weird stuff in that story i think that the the opening is a little slow i think that the guarma uh going into guarma uh that when you wash up in the ocean into that island called guarma i think that part for the game oh, is terrible yeah. oh boy <clears throat> yeah oh, boy. so and then i and i think that the game i like the way the game ends but it does a it does leave a little bit up to be uh desired with with how um how uh arthur morgan dies sorry spoiler and then the stuff you do with with john at the end it's kind of like i like it a lot but it's kind of like it's a yeah that man too i think it overstays his, it <laughs> it overstays his welcome just a little bit i think naughty dog has a perfect amount in terms of its storytelling with both games i think both games are fantastic so i, I i'll concede I'll, I'll give you naughty dog you're talking about some damn tuberculosis. You better get Rockstar the 
fuck out of here, man. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I mean, it was a close matchup, but yeah, it, uh, I said what I said. I just think Naughty Dog is... it. When I see their logo for a new game, I I squirm in my seat like, what is this going to be? Oh, man. It yeah, just yeah. does something different to me, but hey. Uh, all right. You said you were going to uh, lead the next one, too. So, we'll- Yep. Uh, so, yeah. So, we got Like a Dragon Studios uh, versus Kojima Productions. Marco. Let's be real. Uh, it's Kojima yeah, Productions to me. Um, ain't no, ain't, ain't no way about yeah, it. I mean, listen, like a dragon made it pretty far in this here bracket. I got to give them credit for that. I didn't think they'd make it this far. I thought we'd talk out of, you know, getting, getting them into this, this final four, but this is your stop. Uh, sorry, but you know, again, we've said it before a million times already. Kojima is Kojima. The games that he made are just timeless. They define video games for so many people around the world. Uh, I, I don't think... On Like a Dragon Studio's best day, they can have that kind of impact. So yeah, ever yeah, they got to go. So you with me on that one? Yeah. Oh, not even All close. Right. Oh Lord, naughty. I, I think it. I think in retrospect here, it was always going to be one studio. I got we got Naughty Dog and Kojima as the final two. I think. What, no, no, ahead, no, no, you no. You, no, you, you're, you're Mister Confident, man. Go ahead. I think it's Kojima. Oh, I think it's Naughty Dog. <laughs> oh! Look, here's why I say Kojima. Okay, I, I, okay. I, I think Metal Gear Solid on PlayStation, we'll, we'll start there. The older Metal Gear Solid games are also amazing, but we'll, we'll just go with with the things that we've played, you know, on PlayStation 1 was great. Metal Gear Solid 2 is a game that changed your view on video games and mine as well. Metal Gear Solid 3 change the way I look at video games in ways that no other game has made me change the way I look at video games in terms of the gameplay, storytelling. So there's two games off rip right there that just are, are changed and defined us as gamers. Uh, while the Naughty Dog, I, I commend them for their storytelling uh, and, and their excellent writing. Uh, I do think that impact impact wise i think kojima has more impact overall mm. uh than, than naughty dog though though saying that i understand that the, the what the story has done for uh in terms of the writing and the quality of writing for naughty dog is also impactful and many people are striving if not more than kojima are striving to be like naughty dog and and, and be the next the last of us so i i get that but man it's just there's just something about giving this to a company Based on one franchise, though, like you've been saying, it's the one franchise that could lead it to, well, to, to the promised land. Uh, and then, I mean, I mean, Kojima too, though. Kojima's one franchise. It's Metal Gear. And then, uh, but man, I mean, Death Stranding has, has some potential well, there. Let's open it up a little bit, because I think, I think this is where the totality of Naughty Dog comes into play, right? Crash Bandicoot. Jack yeah. and Daxter. Uncharted and The Last of Us. That is a fucking combination right there. When's the last time they made a bad game? When is the last time well, Kojima I mean, made a bad game? Metal Gear well, Solid. When was the last time he Metal made Gear Solid Four was booty hole. Yeah, that was a bad. Five game. Five was the divisive because the, the gameplay was great, but I don't know, man. This one's a little bit tough for me. Um, Kojima will I... always be my heart's favorite, but. Studio wise, about, I look at Naughty Dog and I yeah. go, "When did they miss? When did they? When did they shit the bed?" But I mean, Metal, but Kojima's been around since like '87. That so man didn't he, even finish giving, MGS Five, man. Uh, he's had more of I don't know. He had more of a chance to to fuck up. But I mean, I guess you're right. I mean, what, what Metal Gear Solid? I'm looking at some of his stuff. Police Knots. Uh, 
That's fucking Zona Yanders. I like those games. I like them. I like them. I can go. Uh, hey, look. I, no, no, no. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm, I'm not a fan of of uh, Revengeance. I know it wasn't made by them, but he collaborated. Um, I'm not a fan of the games that you mentioned from Naughty Dog in terms of like not. Oh, my some cup of those of aren't mine either. I'm not a big, but big Crash Bandicoot guy at all. But right, I mean, but damn. you can't deny the impact. Crash Team Racing, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Crash Bandicoot Warped. I mean, those games are like synonymous with people's upbringing, just as much as no, Metal I, Gear I is agree. for people. It's like okay, no, I'm good. Agree with I'm me. In. I'm in on this. I'm, I'm in on this. I'm All in right. on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have uh, Naughty Dog winning our first ever developer versus. Uh, we'll. I think we're gonna do this again because we 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 didn't. Yeah, add, yeah, if, you, yeah. if those of you are wondering, like, why didn't you have this studio or that studio? Because we wanted to save some for doing this again down the road. Um, so we're gonna keep a record of the games, uh, the studios that we picked this time around, and uh, we'll we'll do a different batch down the road and have fun with this again. But uh, that's that's our picks. So I wonder if you guys felt the same. Hopefully, uh, if you if you did, then great. If you didn't, then hey, uh, to each their own. But. A lot of fun doing that. That's uh, what you can expect from Cooldown Time uh, every week. Uh, so hopefully if you enjoyed this episode, uh, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss uh, more of these types of conversations in the future. Uh, but that's going to do it for this week's show. Uh, on behalf of Pablo, I'm Marco. Thank you for listening. Enjoy your video games, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Peace out. Make me feel good.